as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to Tribbles and Ecstasy, episode 245. I'm your host, Ben Night Shadow, and joining me in the studio today, we have got... Evening, everybody. Yes, it's me. It's Dragon. It's back! Kill it! Kill it! Kill it with your snowblowers and whatnot! <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Sun. I can't. All I have is an ice fishing gauntlet from the Klingons. Hey, well, guys. Timberwolf here. Well, then punch it! I can't. It's not well made. Because Q made it for only punching gummy fish. Dragon is a gummy fish. Oh, okay, then we're good. <laughs> He's just a gummy dragon worm fish. Oh, God. Freaking Kuskari. So, Star Trek Online. So, this week, we have actually got the Foundry back. But sort of. not... Yeah, but not completely. Um, I believe missions are playable, but you can't rate or edit. This is, is correct? correct. This is correct. So, um, so yeah. If you're having issues with missions, uh, I believe it's using the forums to list that there are problems. And most of this is to do with the lighting, I believe. I said this, like, what? Last week or the week before? They're going to be fixing the lighting thing for years. Oh, God, yeah. That's not a one-and-done. They're going to have to constantly update it, and then they're going to have to update it for multiple graphics cards because it'll work with some initially and then not with others. And Yeah. I just re-ran, I re-ran time in a bottle, right? So I could get the Ferengi Dance emote for my Orion character. 
God, when you time shift in that mission with Nog into the the Krenum camp, uh, everything <laughs> is dark. And I do mean everything. Yeah, it, it's what I've been. I, I knew they were going to have to redo things because some of the missions have been spot on since since the lighting. Like I, I like a lot of the changes that happened to what is the one where you have to do the. Um, you're on K7 in the underground. You just have a flashlight. What lies it's the beneath? The Bonakin one. What lies beneath? Yeah, like the the lighting for that is near spot on. It actually seems more sinister and dark now. Like I like it. But then there's and some the of them. And the flashlight actually feels like it functions like a real flashlight. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it, unfortunately, it, I've not had a time to play missions yet. But I'm hoping to at Christmas. Yeah, some of them actually work, and then some of them they're either way too dark to see, or everything's so bright that it's whitewashed. That they will be making changes for that for a while to come. Yeah. Um. Are a lot of these maps and things um, old, of the older ones, or do you find it some of the newer ones, or just ones where there are special things happening? It's kind of a mix from what I've seen. Some of the new missions have lighting. You know, they they look worse because of the lighting, because it because of what's happened. I mean, one of the ones I need to check would probably be uh, mid, the, the episode Midnight, where you're dealing with the Iconian homeworld. Because that's probably going to be a lighting nightmare. Because it's a daytime, and then you've got a post-attack that looks like nighttime. Um, I actually did not have any problems with that mission when I reran it with uh, Lighting 2.0 on. So it, some of it may be just how the, uh, the software translators are actually going through uh, on the different video cards. Possibly. And that's why I say it's going to be an ongoing thing, because even once they get it right, it's different video cards, so then you have to have different support for different video cards to make it all look the same, or as close to the same as possible. Because I know with all the maps that I have visited, though I haven't been playing any of the missions, I haven't seen any issues that I know other people have experienced. Yeah. Um, I've been sort of lucky in that respect. But yeah, as sort of Dragon was saying that there are going to be some setups that do things slightly differently, which could be the cause um, because of the way things have sort of been translated. But uh, yeah, it'll be an ongoing process. Okay, next up, talking about graphics, um, Star Trek Online is getting a system requirements update. So as of March 1st, 2017, Windows XP and Direct3D9 will no longer be um, supported. So, um, basically, you need to have Direct3D10 or above, and, um, yeah, Windows Vista or above. So, um, what's going to happen is, as of right now, um, this, was it the beginning of this week, the 5th I believe it was, if you are running Windows XP or Direct3D9 um, or a video card with 
Direct3D hardware, um, then the launcher should actually be telling you um, that your machine doesn't or won't support the game. Then as of January 15th, what will happen is the launcher will change your game settings to actually use Direct3D 11 if your system can, um, is compatible with it. And then as of March 1st, um, it will no longer be supported as in XP and Direct3D 9. Well, at least they're giving people a few months. Yeah. So, I think it's one of the good things about Star Trek Online is that it has been able to support such low-end machines. Um, that's always been a good thing. But, of course, there's only so far back you can go until too many people are having problems. Yeah, well, I mean, Windows, Windows, isn't, Windows XP isn't even supported by Microsoft anymore. So... No. It's also can be a security issue thing now, you know, that they don't want to run their game on something that's not even supported by Microsoft. So that's understandable. I mean, nowadays you can go out and buy a $300 laptop from Walmart or Best Buy and it's basic settings with the built-in graphics cards. It can run STO on normal settings. You might not be able to see it at the brilliance that you want it to be or that you see some people broadcast at but you can run the game you can go to all the areas and it's decent graphics level i know that much from my parents laptop that's a few years old using integrated graphics card it actually runs the game pretty decently so i mean you can Giving the people that extra four months, they can go out and buy a decent laptop or a decent desktop that's inexpensive and have up-to-date Windows and graphics cards and DirectX and be able to play the game just fine. They might even have better resolution than they do now currently with their XP machine. Yeah. Um, well, even saying that, the laptop that my son uses is five years old. I've got it running Windows 10 and it's running Stoke. And yes, in many places it looks a little pixelated, um, but yeah, it still runs it and yeah. runs it well. So it's good enough for him to play with. So, and yeah, as I said, that's a five-year-old laptop. So yeah, and that's what I'm saying. At least it's it's gotten to the point where you know you've got you've got options to upgrade. And even if you have to get a brand new computer because your computer's that out of date. I mean, I still have a desktop with Windows XP because some of the games that I run, you know, I haven't got the setup yet where they'll run on here. I'm working on it for my Windows 10 computer, but just for that, you know, you're still running that kind of a machine. You can go out and drop two, three, maybe 400 bucks tops. Get yourself something new for a new tower. Or if you like the mobile, a laptop, one of the two, and you can run the game. I mean, I've seen those little minis, those those little micro computers, uh, micro desktops. Um, what are they? Probably about the size, width, and length of a DVD box, but they're five, six times the thickness. They're these little micro computers. We have them at our at our work too. Yeah. They're powerful enough despite their small size, to run STO on basic graphics. You know, just the basics. 
well, don't they run things straight off TVs, don't they? They can, or I, you can hook them up to a, uh, an actual monitor if you were to actually buy a monitor because it's just USB ports and HDMI cables. Yeah. And most new um, monitors for computers are running off HDMIs anyway. But those things only cost like 150 and then it's completely it can fit in your laptop bag or a book bag. Yeah. But now, the options are out there. Oh, yeah. Now, Lucchesi in chat has asked, um, does this affect wine users? One of the first responses to be um, noticed in the thread um, that's on the Star Trek Online forums. Um, first of all, it depends how much wine you're drinking. Um, no, <laughs> uh, um, no, seriously, if you're using wine, it's basically a virtual machine on a Mac so you need to upgrade the operating system from XP because the launcher will recognize um, XP and it's the drivers that that operating system will be using, which won't be um, Direct 3D um, 10 or above, which is what the game will now require. So you'll need to run an update. Um, is If you were using Wine and you've got Windows XP on. Um, I would have actually asked the question, why didn't you actually take the free Windows 10 upgrade uh, when you could have? Because, um, yeah. Actually, no, you wouldn't have been able to if you're running XP anyway, because it was only Vista and 7, wasn't it? So um, this is the portion of the show where I go, you know, we wouldn't be having this discussion if if... Cryptic had spent some of that Black Friday money on, oh, I don't know, kind of developing a, a, a dedicated Mac client and launcher, like, to have. Because it's not like they're broke, like they swear up and down they are. Well, I've never seen anywhere that they're saying that they're broke, but as with any business, they're always careful where they spend money. And considering how little amount of people actually played on Macs, the amount of investments that would have been required for them to do this themselves, which would have taken people away from doing other aspects of the game. It's not something that I think should be done. I mean, Um, I can see why they outsourced it in the first place, because it means they don't have to maintain that aspect of it. But of course, what happens is when you outsource things like that, if people decide to pack it in, you're left with very limited options. Well, it's, I, I, I guess I have to agree. I mean, considering we have both Sybil and Lucchesi in here, we do literally have half of the Mac users who play Stowe in our <laughs> chat room. But no, um... I've got a friend at work who had just started playing the game, and she only has a Mac. So, of course, she now can't play. Well, I did so, say half, so that, yeah. that, 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 <laughs> that leaves room for a whole fourth person. But Whoever yeah. you are out there, yes, you're the first, fourth person. But no, um, so yeah, personally, I do have friends that it, it does sort of affect, but it's just... I can understand why they don't bother. Thing is, Macs are not really made for gaming. People don't buy Macs to game with. Um, 
they buy Macs mainly because it looks pretty, um, and because they have Just way like too much the money. IPhone. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty, and they're going to charge you ten times what it's actually worth. But and hey, it's not going to actually work as a phone. But we're not going to get into what I think of the crapple devices. <laughs> you mean, but you, you mean also have to understand. You also have to understand that, yeah, the the whole idea is that they were designed as a multimedia computer and not as a business base that's been expanded upon. Anyway, um, going back to the system requirements update, um, they do have some little questions in there. So what cards should I be looking for if I have to upgrade? So they say for best experience, it's recommended to have direct 3D feature level 11 or better, which includes the graphics cards, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 400 or better, the ATI AMD Radeon HD 5000 or better, or the Intel HD graphics 4000 or better. But then they say if you are budget conscious, then the following cards will function. So basically these cards are several years old but will actually provide you with a decent level of gameplay. So that is the NVIDIA GeForce 8000 or better, the ATI AMD Radeon HD 2000 or better, or the Intel G965M Express, so that's for laptops or the Intel HD Graphics 2000 or better. So, but basically all of them support direct 3D hardware feature level 10. So that's what you're looking for if you're trying to figure stuff out. So, so yeah, there's a, a few months before that actually happens. So hopefully people can get things sorted and maybe even Sort some stuff out during sort of Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's deals that go on. But if you've got questions, um, there is a forum thread in the Star Trek Online forums, and we shall have a link in our show notes for that. Now, we did have an update um, on Thursday, and this is, of course, for the PC. So, they've resolved some issues regards to audio-related crashes. The winter event, um, as you would have noticed with um, Sun Seal's introduction, the snowball fight has returned. So, what do you guys think of uh, them bringing that back? Honestly, I... Since it's back in the event rotation, I did not see it in the, the hourly list thing, so I don't know... If it's in there or not, and I did, I sure as hell didn't stay in the winter event for a whole hour today, so I don't know. I haven't actually been in the game. Um, and so. Stu's not here to proclaim, pro, uh, proclaim snowmen, so eh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do wonder if they just hadn't finished some updates because of the new event um, for where things appear in the game. Um, which is why it wasn't actually released straight away. Um, or whether or not just popular demand brought it back, I'm not too sure. 
I don't I don't know either, but I do wanna I do wanna ask Timber, uh Dragon, had, did you guys listen to last week's episode? And if you did, what did you think of the little skit? I didn't get the chance to listen to it. I'm trying to catch up right now. Uh, Sorry. Monster. It, 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 it was interesting. Interesting, yeah, that's def- well, let's let's be honest. It to to me like listening to the remastered version, it sounded like crap to me, but that's because this is like the first time I've ever audio engineered a thing. So <laughs> My voice always sounds horrible in remastered versions, so I'm used to it. But when I'm the one remastering with other people, it sounds even worse. <laughs> well, I can always play it if you'd like. You don't have to. Oh, I know I don't have to, but I can do. Would you like to hear it? Timber? Timber. Yo, what? <laughs> he, he asked if you wanted to hear it. Oh, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. <sighs> Isn't it so cute that we're gathering weird winter tokens and winter trinkets? Bring on the snowman. What? Bring on the snowman. It's got nothing to do with snowmen. I was talking about the winter tokens and trinkets. Bring on the snowman. What does that mean? Bring on the snowman. Stop saying that. Bring on the snowman. Bring on the snowman. I didn't say anything. <laughs> snowman. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> that's that's just funny. Yes, we heard you giggling. I, 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 I was trying not to give it away because Timber had not had a chance to hear it yet, but yes, I did find it funny. Um, it was just, yeah, and that sounds like Stu. Just perfectly. Bring on the snowman. Well, it helps when I say, hey, Stu, record this for me and do it a couple of times so I have, like, a range of stuff to choose from. He's like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't like this one, or this one, or this one, and it's like, but I chose all of those because those sound like you, and they sound natural, and then I put it together and let him listen to it. He's like, wow, that really works. I like it. <laughs> Dang, yeah, the snowman, snowball fight has returned. Um, they said they resolved an issue where Q would sometimes appear in his seat, instead of on his seat um, during the winter event. Although, when I did briefly go in to do my um, race yesterday, um, yeah, Key was back inside his seat again. So, um, yeah, that fix hasn't quite worked. Yeah, the one that, uh, that kind of bothered me when I was able to get in the game was... Um, Q looked like he was just kind of dangling there in air, lifeless and listless, and, well, yeah, it was kind of creepy. Yeah, oh, that's one of the cues in the Winter Wonderland. I've seen a screen grab of that. Is yeah, He looks like someone's just broken his neck and he's just floating there dead. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> oh, that did make me chuckle. Um... The Breen Chell Bolang warship, Tier 6. This now has a Lieutenant Commander Universal seat instead of a Lieutenant Commander 
Commando, Commander tactical seat. And um, they've also created an issue that caused the Breen Shell Bolag warship um, on the Admiralty to be listed as a Tier 5 despite being a Tier 6. I'm still pissed off about this ship. Why? Please, because, go on. Because they advertised it as something and then went back on their advertisement just because it was easy for them to do so. I mean, let's not forget the original blog simply stated that it was supposed to have a temp-op seat. They released it with an Intel seat and then the commander seating. So then they changed their blog to accommodate not what they advertised, but instead what would be easier for them, which is not change anything. And now they're simply correcting the lieutenant commander tactical to a universal. They should have just kept with what they originally you know, did. It was supposed to be a... T- a temp-op seat was supposed to be a universal. Let's go with what you originally advertised instead of taking the easy way out. That's been my big thing with this. That It's fine if you wanted to change it, but it should have been done in the initial phases before the first blog was released. But right now, all it seems is you advertise one thing, it comes out as another, and instead of fixing it, Let's take the easy way out and simply go back and change the blog of what it that says. That news never existed! Scrub, 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 scrub. But was it changed because that was a request from the player base, or...? No, they simply released it wrong. That's all that happened. They they advertised it was going to have a temp ops seat. Lieutenant Commander Universal slash temp ops. And then Lieutenant Commander Universal... You know, you were going to have the Lieutenant was it, Lieutenant Commander Science slash Temp Ops, Lieutenant Commander Universal. So you were going to have that. Then it came um, out with Intel. And for people who don't know what Temp Ops is? Temporal, your temporal operative seating. Where you've got your recursive shearing and timeline collapse and things of that nature. It was originally advertised to have that seating and instead it came out with intelligence seating. So it was advertised to have yeah, see, one, that, one, but then ended up having the other. Yeah, see, that, that temporal operative seat was the main reason that I was actually going after the, uh, the winter event ship because it's the only way I, as a free-to-play player, will be able to get a temporal operative ship without having to break open a wallet and put potentially in a bind. And I'm sorry, but Cryptic, you done dropped the ball on this one. You might as well back up 50 yards and punt and try to get the goddamn thing right. You know, what you originally said. Yeah, but see, this is Cryptic's, this is Cryptic's MO. Like, they get away with this shit all the time because at the bottom of the blog it says, subject to change without notice. Yeah, Subject I mean, to change, was, period. Will the ship still be good? Yes, especially now that they've changed that Lieutenant Commander Tactical back to a Universal. Yes, the ship is going to be great. Could it have been better with the Temp Ops seating? Absolutely. That was the main reason I wanted it. I saw Temp Ops. There's a lot of interesting things going on with damage and survival when it comes to Temp Ops nowadays. It was going to be an amazing starship. It's still going to be great, but I would have preferred that Temp Ops seating. I would have preferred what was originally advertised because that excited me. And 
to switch the seating without notice like that, which as far as I've seen, there's only, I haven't seen them do that before personally on a starship. What they've advertised in the blog has been what's come out. And the only time they've gone back and changed it that I've seen would be the Hestia. Enough people complained and they changed the seating that instant tactical to an instant universal. But that was only because the player base complained about the starship. Um, well, usually the temporal operative stuff has been released only with the temporal ships. So, um, as Alex said, maybe it was some sort of copy and paste error. No, no. See, if anything was going to be temporal and given away free to players, it would be this ship, considering they went back to the original design of the Breen thing anyway. Yeah. I mean, that was, ship is, but it's not ship is, it's not a temporal ship because you actually have the temporal ships and they are the ones that have this temporal operative on. It doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter one bit. These are the same people who can say up and down, oh, we're not going to release the cavort because that's fucking silly, and then in the same breath go, oh, but by the way, we're giving you a tier six Excelsior, and you can put the Excelsior skin on it because that's not silly. That's just retrofit. Yeah, but that they was for the fiftieth anniversary. They literally made the original costume for the Chelgret from Deep Space Nine and put it on a brand new fucking Chelgret. That's temporal to me. Because I mean, we already quite honestly, have the brand new said, Chelgret. Yeah, they honestly could have said this is their temporal starship that it was in the temporal Cold War. Because the Breen had their own interests at heart when it came to the temporal war. They didn't care about the Federation or the Nakul. They were out for their own things, and this was the starship they used. They they could have written it in to that point. And, you know, there has been some some stories in the novels and whatnot where the Breen actually hate time travel. So it could have been written off instead in the beginning that it was an Intel ship because they hate time travel. So there could have been things to be done, but to simply change it after people are excited about it, they were excited about the bridge officer layout of this particular starship. For a lot of people, it was a letdown when they changed it. Some people even said that they weren't going to run this year's winter event, go for this starship because of the change. That and that to me, that's a loss of metrics. Oh, and last I checked, they love metrics. <laughs> they're still going to go for the free ship. <laughs> Look, no. you want proof that people will actually not run? I have a I have a grayed out thing in the reclaim store. It's called the Ferengi Nandy because I didn't run that year, and I don't fucking regret it. That was a summer event that I had free to do whatever the fuck I wanted instead of playing Star Trek Online all the time. I just I, I know they've got that subject to change deal, but quite honestly, when you advertise things that excite the player base, you don't want to change it last second without warning. Because then you've pissed off your player base. Especially the ones that are really looking forward to it. I mean, that's just... That's something you don't do. You're cutting out really bad, Dragon. What did, what did, what did you say? People not running the event because they were impressed with the ship. And, yeah, they got disappointed like me. Yeah, that, yeah. There are people who got... Who were all excited about it. Then they heard 
Oh, well, then they saw the change, and they're like, well, okay, well, I'm not running it this year. There's no point, because it's not what I wanted. Because it's not what I was told I was getting. Anyway. Um, universal seating. That's just any tactical operations and uh, science, isn't it? You can't. Yeah. Or can you actually put some of the other specialties in there? No, it's just your standard three. It is just the standard ones, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, that's what I was saying. With it being a universal now, there are a lot more options there. With it being a universal versus just heavy tactical, the way it originally was, when it when it got a, officially released on Holodeck. So there's a lot more options. I mean, hell, with the seating that you got now, you could have a full science seat and a full intel seat if you really wanted to do something like that. But there are, you know, there are options. Okay. My intel is a science, and he's a space potato. Oh, God. He also has pirate and efficiency. Now, the Phoenix Prize Pack. They added the Federation and KDF versions of the emergency um, con hologram. Um, so that's been added. And the text stating that the Alarchi kit module subspace rift has been removed as the item was not actually in the box. Wait! Hold up! Bull fucking shit! It was announced as being in the box in the advertisement blog. It was in the box when you tried to shove your, your tokens into the box to claim stuff, and there are people who said they've pulled the thing out of the box when they had the token to pull it out of the box. So where the hell is this? It was not in the box coming from because bullshit. Well, I never saw the option in the box. I saw it several times in the box. Hmm, strange. Yeah, it was kind of weird to see it in the blog when they did the initial blog for um, the box, and they had that in there, and I'm looking at it going, wasn't that a mission reward? Kind of odd to have a mission reward in the box. So, if people actually were pulling it out of there, that's even stranger. So, I don't know what to tell you, because I saw it in the box, other people said they've pulled it out of the box, and it was stated as being in the box in the block. Yeah. That was like, the weirdest what, thing. Okay, you can you can say it was not actually in the box all you want, does, does it mean it wasn't in the box? Because it was! Quit, quit trying to scrub your mistakes out of the game as if they never existed in the first place. They did! They did! We saw! Well, it may not be that they're trying to scrub it, it could just be that whoever wrote it um, was told it wasn't in the box and didn't know any different. So, okay. Um, they've once again resolved the issue with Uneasy Allies that was rewarding the kit frames at epic quality. <laughs> The only thing is, is any time I find out about this is when the um, patch notes go up and I get, I think it's Sunseal usually saying, quick, you can rerun it now. And I'm thinking, no, I can't. I've got to head to bed. I'm up for work in two hours. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I apologize, uh, Midnight. <laughs> we need somebody to play... Uh, Uneasy allies every week just to make sure <laughs> it's not still happening. 
But uh, yeah, now the kits are back to being very rare quality. And are we you... sure? Has anybody tested it after Thursday? <laughs> no. But um, any existing frames that were given as epic won't be changed. Which is why I am glad that I got one for my tactical tune. You're welcome! <laughs> Thank like, you, son. Like, it's back! It's back! What? It's back! What's back? The gold quality kits, they're back! They're back in uneasy allies, plus plasma! So, I went and ran it on my two uh, Romulan plasma wielders, and yay! <laughs> yeah, every one of my tunes has that epic quality kit, so, yeah. Yeah, I have none. Sorry. But then I've not had time or the health to play missions for, well, since the last run of the featured episode. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, There's also some other items that are in the patch notes. But I think we covered the biggest ones, or have I missed anything else conversation-worthy? I'll take that uh, Most of it's just it? cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Now, known issues. You've got the Foundry Edit and Review are temporarily unavailable, um, as we mentioned um, earlier on in the show, but, of course, play is enabled. Windows XP users sometimes experience a crash when trying to log in. Um, that might be related to the launcher changes, possibly, um, I'm guessing. Uh, some maps with reflection from Windows may have some visual issues, and KDF captains cannot wear some of the winter scarves. So you, you Klingons who, you know, are extremely irate about the cold now have to be even more irate about being in the winter <laughs> event and not able to wear a fucking scarf. While you're punching ice. And digging around for gummy fish. <laughs> being f and being frozen by a snowman. I, I've only run that fish event once so far. And it was so funny. I got one of the big ones that sort of chew you up and then sort of waddled <laughs> over to the middle. <laughs> that cracked me up. And unfortunately, with my throat, it then started me on a coughing thing. It's <laughs> like, ah. But no, it, it did make me chuckle. Did you get one of the uh, the huge ones that eat your arm? Yeah, I got one of those as well. That was one of the first ones I got. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then I sort of like hitting it against the ice trying to knock it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just thought it was funny when I got this huge one sort of just coming, sort of gobbling me up and all I can see are my boots. <laughs> all you can see are your boots and all you can hear is your voice going, Ah! Uh, Pretty I, much. I, I usually play with the sound muted because I'm usually doing so many other things at the same time. So um, yeah, I didn't actually hear that. I'll have to replay it with the sound on. <laughs> I have to ask this question now. Um... Did they? I was watching some video the other day that somebody had made about doing the um, the winter event and the new ice fishing thing. I, I can't remember exactly who made that video, but I remember commenting on it. But anyway, the um, they 
there was like holiday ish music in the background, and that got me to thinking: Is has has Stowe actually put holiday music in the winter event now? Because it used to not be there ever. Well, as I don't play with the sound on, I wouldn't know. What about you, Timberwolf Dragon? Um, I really haven't listened to the music in the background of STO in a long time, so. This is this is the part. Where I, I think that was is, added with the edit. This is the part why rib Timberwolf because it was his video. Yeah, and I don't even pay attention to the music in the background. But was like, that the in-game music that you might were? Have, it might have been. I just don't pay attention to it anymore. Because <laughs> I haven't even I haven't even thought to just log in and turn on the music because I turned the music off in Stow. It's so. Oh, it's constantly repetitive, and it's the same crap everywhere. It's like you go to you go to Risa, and it's the same background music for everything. You go yeah. to the winter event, and it's the same. It's still the same background music. And then hearing like this wintery kind of holiday music, I went, "Wait, what? Is the winter event actually have holiday music now?" Talon in chat has actually said it's still the same music they've used in the past, so it's not been updated. Well, then there you go. <sighs> okay, I'll keep it turned off. And I know they haven't updated the Epos or you know amazing or whatnot in the background, or the condescending Ferengi. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of the reasons why I started turning the sound off was in social zones like that. Just always the same thing, as well. And especially as I said, I'm usually doing something or watching something Kill in the background. Is so a genius and so handsome. No, I'm thinking about he loves all the little creatures, even you. Yeah. Like, you douchebag. <laughs> that one was always my favorite. That's such a condescending <laughs> way to say that. Like, you're such a douchebag. Yeah, but that's the that sort of thing the I Epo would say. Lady. Oh. But that was the Epo lady. Still, it's condescending. It's a douchebag move. <laughs> don't you want an Epo friend? No, I don't. I've already got enough. <laughs> no, I don't. Give me credits. <laughs> uh. Okay. But so, at, least, at least you don't have Neelix to complain about in this. Because he's this over true. there by the frozen gingerbread village. It's going to stay frozen because those snowmen deserve to plow every single one of those gingerbread under, like six feet under, for building a gingerbread village on sacred snowman land. I know, right? So, we have a new promotion that Star Trek Online are running. Uh-oh. So that starts today. So if you spend a hundred US dollars worth of Zen on your account, so that's to get ten thousand Zen in Star Trek Online, you'll be rewarded with a one-time supply um, of four R&D packs claimable by one character of your choice. Additionally, these R&D packs will um, be given the Infinity R&D pack promo bonuses which will give you a special requisition choice pack to win a tier 6 promotion ship, which will either be the Krenum Anorak Science Dreadnought, the Alachi Shisha um, Intel Dreadnought Cruiser, um, or the Alachi Shisha Command Dreadnought Cruiser, the Jem'Hadar Strike Ship, the Jem'Hadar Recon Ship, um, or the special requisition packs for the 23rd century tier 6 ships. 
So that's the Temporal Light Cruiser, the D7 Temporal Battle Cruiser, and the Talis Temporal Warbird. And these R&D packs will be granted to accounts during the week of December 12th. So you don't immediately get your R&D packs, so don't worry about that. So... Don't forget the other thing that they can win from that specialty pack. 95% of people who open this pack will receive 10 low-buy crystals. Yeah. Okay, minor rant. Minor rant. And this is thanks to 95% of the player base responding to this on the forums and everywhere else. If they're going to spend $100 right now, over the next few days, or in one shot, or whatever the case may be, they don't want four boxes to an R&D box for a chance to win something. They, If they're going to spend that much, they're saying they just give them a guarantee that they can have a ship of their choice. Like, okay. what the hell? What I will say is you're not buying these packs. This is if you spend $100, well, you get this extra. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah, but that's a stupid extra. Oh, Here, here's oh, we'll the thing. Four, and we'll give and you I have R&D packs, but our big tagline is you have a chance of getting these T6 starships. Bullshit. With the charge bonus for 100 bucks, you got a guaranteed tier 6 starship in the Sovereign. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. That was the big thing. It's it's a $25 starship. It's a tier 5. But here's the thing. You charged 100 bucks. You got a starship out of that. You charged two hundred bucks. You got a tier six. It was a starship for a hundred dollars, which tells me they could have done that here. It's a lot less appealing for sales for someone. Oh, I spend a hundred dollars and I get these four boxes that I could buy for ten bucks. It's a lot less appealing than getting even a tier five starship, because at least the starship they know that guaranteed they can get something out of that even if it's limited performance or they're getting a console for a set or something like that, but a box that gives them a chance. I mean, they could open all four boxes and the best they have is 40 low, 40 low buy. And that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it, because they're spending that much money and they're only getting 40 low buy out the deal and, you know, some R and D materials. Yeah, but this is extra Well, I understand it's extra, but so is that Tier 5 Starship. People are going to jump at a Starship in this game that's guaranteed than a low chance of a Starship, maybe. A guaranteed pop will get more people to spend that money than a chance that they probably won't get it. But here's that low chance. That's all I'm saying. If they market a guarantee, a guarantee will sell more than a low probability in Vegas. And uh, well, and let's, let's also remind the, the listeners, this promotion is horribly explained, just about like everything that Cryptic releases on this kind of stuff. It is horribly explained. How? You, it, okay. I read when, it and I understand what's happening. So that's because how's... you're halfway intelligent. Most, so of these, the... Most, of the, most of the player base will look at, oh, $100 Zen and go, okay, I have to go buy Zen, and that's not what it says. No, 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 no. Okay, you might have to go and buy $100 worth of Zen, but for to qualify, to even qualify for this promotion, you have to spend 
all 10,000 of that Zen in the sea store on holodeck. Well, you don't have to spend it straight away. Well, no, there's a four. Yeah, this is, this is a four day promotion, but you have to spend 10,000 Zen in four days. You have to spend $100 to purchase the Zen. You don't have to spend the Zen. No, no, no. That's what it says. The blog says spend $100 of Zen on an account. Now, if that's the case, that's a lot of Zen to spend in four or five days, especially this close to Christmas. It says spend the Zen, not buy, spend $100 worth of Zen. Read the blog. That's exactly what it says. People think. Go ahead, Dragon. I, with my lack of ships, could easily spend $100 worth of Zen getting a couple of the packs that I want. Um, If I had that much dilithium to be able to convert on the exchange, and if that exchange rate was still as favorable as it was here in the recent past. I mean, it's not not hard at all. I, I understand. It's not hard at all to spend $100 worth of Zen if you don't have a whole bunch of stuff because you can spend it on stuff. But the thing is, people are looking at this promotion and going and are confused because they think it's buy Zen. No, it's not buy Zen because you can't squirrel it away for selling for dilithium. You have to spend the $100 worth of Zen to be eligible for this promotion, which makes it even worse because it means you already have to have that $100 worth of Zen in your account already to even pre-qualify for this bonus. This is a horrible marketing thing, period. It's it's not just a, oh, you bought a $100 worth of stuff, here's some extra things. It's a, oh, you spent $100 in four days. Congratulations for spending money you probably shouldn't have before Christmas. Uh, Here's four chance cubes to get a possible maybe not get a ship. I mean, my whole thing has been it, it could have been better, a lot better, if this would have been paired with Black Friday sales. Because you already knew Black Friday people were spending money. At this point, people are waiting until Christmas because they're waiting for those gift cards. They're waiting for, you know, some people get cash, you know, especially if you're gearing towards younger gamers. They could be getting cash, but not a lot of money is going to be spent until Christmas Day. So you're doing a promotion that might not even hit its apex until the 25th. But you could have gotten a lot of guaranteed money out of it had you done it on Black Friday. People were spending that money on Black Friday. Add on these four extra boxes for the promo, you would have gotten even more. That's my only thing. It's just added on to something that you already knew was going to work. Just as an extra bonus since it's supposed to be four extra boxes. And then with that 100 bucks, they would have gotten you know, their T5 Regent and they would have gotten these four extra boxes as well. Like that'd be pretty good, and and I get it. They, they, this is Cryptic's way of going. Look, there's a whole bunch of Zen in the market right now. We need people to get rid of it. Okay, this is not a good way to coax people into getting rid of money, because it's it's kind of crap. 
And I don't think, I do not think whatsoever that this promotion would be in any way tied to the dilithium exchange, period. So even if you spent $100 worth of Zen shoving it into the dilithium exchange, I don't think there's any guarantee whatsoever that you'd get these four boxes at all. Because it sure as hell isn't explained whether or not it is in the blog. And again, this is another one of those holy, massive, standard operating procedure communications breakdowns from Cryptic. Like, oh, look, here's this marketing thing. Okay, what are the details of it? Like, you know, what do I have to spend the Zen on? What can I spend the Zen on? And what does it apply to? Does it apply to the dilithium market? Don't know. It doesn't say. It just says spend 100 Zen on the server in the C-Store. Well, okay. Handing over money in the C-Store is... Okay, I can hand it over in the C-Store, but isn't the C-Store tied hand and fist with the Dilithium Exchange? Because the Dilithium gets converted into Zen, and that Zen is then bound to this, you know, the, the, the game itself? Well, I suppose the other issue that you've also noted is the fact that it's only a four-day event as well. Exactly! This is yeah. a weekend promotion! In four days, they want you to spend $100 worth of Zen, or $100 US dollars worth of Zen. Oh, okay, you want us to spend $100 US dollars worth of Zen in four days. I'm sorry, most of the people have already spent that money because Black Friday, they got their Zen, like, ultra cheap, or they got bonuses on top of bonuses for Black Friday. They already spent it, and those people that are hoarding Zen aren't going to spend it on this. It's not enticing enough because their plan is to literally wait until the Zen market goes all the way back up for, or the Dilithium market goes all the way back up to 400, then spend the Zen, pull all of that Dilithium, and then sit on it until you bring out the Phoenix pack again and the Dill market crashes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're... All the money that you're wanting to make from this promotion, people are holding on to until Christmas Day, at the very least. So most of the people that you're wanting to spend that money, they won't for another two weeks. So, you know, that promotion just kind of falters when money's being held up simply because they want to know, well, am I getting another PWE card on top of what I've got now? When's the next Phoenix box come out? Because now I know I need Dilithium in the exchange for that. And I definitely want to keep along with that. And then I want to keep Zen for this infinity thing that's going on. They're trying to figure out the cycles, but they're also waiting for Christmas to hit at least. And that's what I would do. I'd make for sure that I, I didn't spend a whole lot until Christmas. Then if I knew I got a gift card or you know someone sprung to get me some extra cash I could spend on the game, then I would start dropping money. And only if I had extra. So, so you, the the only, do you know the only valid group I could see like hand over fist going out of their way for this promotion? Whales. Is that supposed to be a whale sound? Kinda. Yep. <laughs> like if they want to, like. Cryptic, just look, 
get past any fucking pretense at this point. When you make a promotion like this in the middle of, oh, we just got through selling a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of people bought shit and then used, and then most of the people who were going to use that stuff anyway have used it. And there's like a majority of people who are holding onto that money with a specific purpose. And you put a thing like this up, just drop any pretense. Put a picture of the fucking space well probe up. Because that's exactly what you're doing. You are trying to sell to those people who have that money and they either already have a set idea of what they are going to use that Zen for and they are going to hold on to it for dear life and not give you a single fucking cent. Or they have all of this money because they are fucking whales and they can't stop buying the Zen. And then seeing this goes, <gasps> I can maybe possibly get four different chances of getting an Anorax. <gasps> I'll spend! I can always buy more later. Well, it's like with any deal that comes out, there is always a target audience. It doesn't mean it's always there for everybody. It's a bit like the things that are in the Dilithium store for over a million Dilithium. They are there for the big spenders or the big savers for... They're there for the Federation only. But they are there for those people who invest more money or time into the game. So not every promotion will always be for everybody or for the usual sort of normal free-to-play player or anything else like that. It's a bit like when you go to shops. Not every deal will suit you. So, but uh, anyway... As we said, the promotion started today, which, as we're live, this is December 9th, and it started at 9.30 Pacific time. And the promotion will end on the 12th of December at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that's Monday morning. So the reward delivery will be between Monday and Friday next week. So that's the 12th to the 16th of December. And the spend amount is a hundred US dollars, um, or ten thousand Zen in Star Trek Online, which of course is the holodeck server. Now the pack includes ten lobby or a special requisition um, choice pack for the tier six promotional um, ship choice pack. So, so yeah, we 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 found out why like all of those R and D pack ships weren't in the Phoenix Prize pack, didn't we, guys? Yep. Well, they're R&D ships, not lockbox. Those ones Yeah, but were... see, we didn't know that they were going to do an infinity R&D box, did we? Which is like, what was I was saying, I, I have no problem with them doing that, because they're still going to make their money, but at least people have a choice now. So it's more viable to buy them, because at least if, when you do get the box, if you get it, yay, you get your choice, versus it was just locked behind one particular starship. So, I mean, it, it's just like the the Infinity Lot box. There's more options in it. And I, that's why I like the Phoenix box. I mean, hell, they brought the Bulwark back with the Phoenix box, which that was a surprise. Dildo ship! No, no one thought that was going to come out in a Phoenix box. We just thought the Phoenix box was going to be summer and winter event. So that was that was a nice little addition that they never really talked about. So, uh, yeah. The pack does include four R&D packs, so each of those packs contain 10 lobby or the tier 6 promotion ship um, rep pack, 15 common, uncommon, rare or very rare R&D materials, 15 
uncommon rare or very rare R&D materials, six rare or very rare R&D materials, four very rare R&D materials. Then you've got three mark two or better R&D components, three mark six or better R&D components, two mark ten or better R&D components, plus three random R&D catalysts and four random upgrade accelerators. Um, and they say packs awarded from this event but opened after the Infinity R&D promo event ends will still benefit from the promotion's bonus rewards. So as long as you get the packs, they will still have the rewards associated with them. So, um, so yeah, as we said, it's more than likely for the big spenders um, that this is geared for. But yeah, it's just an extra way for them to get cash like with every business. They're always looking for the money. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all down to. Now, we have mentioned the Phoenix packs. Now, we did have the special promotion last week regarding that. How many of those did you guys get? Probably too many. I opened 40 boxes. And out of those 40 boxes, I only got two very rare tokens. The rest of them are blue and green. Which yeah, the I probably offered opened a hundred, hundred and fifty. I like I said, I I did too many, but most of mine were uncommons. I got multiple rares, so I could get you know what I wanted out of that. But I will say this: is even though the drop rate for the ultra rares for the starships was crap, it and it was the drop rate was terrible for those. The simple fact is. Red matter capacitors were dropping like crazy pretty much for everybody because most everybody was getting an, a very rare token, at least one or two. But yeah. the simple fact, they were able to get those Phoenix upgrades. Now, the Phoenix upgrades are amazing. Those are perfect if you're trying to level up um, a warp core or, you know, like a reputation warp core, reputation shields, anything like that. Those are actually really amazing considering how much... Uh, tech points it takes to upgrade those things. I was honestly able to upgrade my Iconian Core to Epic using those tech upgrades. So, yeah, it's... I've done a lot of upgrading as well. Because um, yeah, wait, I... wait, 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 you were able to upgrade it to Epic? Yeah, because it has on it only has a standard quality. Yeah, upgrade but to it. but I was able to instead of using you know fifth was it twenty to twenty five. Tech uh, engineering upgrades that cost a lithium. Since I was spending the lithium anyway, it was only taking three to four, depending on the critical chance. So I was able to go through and upgrade the the chance for total upgrade. That went up a lot faster. So it upgraded faster. I think it finally popped at fifteen percent, but it was a lot faster and in the long run, cost less dilithium than buying the Phoenix upgrades in the uh, long run. I can't, I can't honestly say that I agree with that. Because having shoved shit through the R&D system, when those Phoenix packs say they have a standard quality upgrade to them, when I see standard, uh, when actually applying those to my own like upgrades, because I've upgraded a few things, with those uh, Phoenix packs, when it says standard, what it means it is to me is that it has the rarity quality upgrade of the purple 
tech upgrades. Yeah. So every time you shove a thing, in, you know, every time you shove a purple into it, it's kind of 2%. It's 2% on 2% on 2% on 2%. Well, yeah, you may have to shove 15 to 20 of the tech upgrades into a single thing to roll it over to the next chance. But at that point, you've shoved 15 to 22%, not three or four. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is you get all this extra tech points with these upgrades. The standard purple ones give you, what, just under 13,000 tech? Yeah, 12,800. These, these new upgrades are giving you 51,000. Exactly. Uh, look, 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 I understand. I understand wholly that this is a getting you from Mark 10 to Mark 14 almost instantly kind of upgrade. Not a going from blue to epic quality almost instantly upgrade. It's, that's not what it does. But the thing and is you... with these ones is there's also no dilithium cost, which is the big thing for it. That's because you spent the dilithium opening the box in the first place. Well, yes, but when you're upgrading, there's no dilithium cost on top it's, of it's all the bonus I understand. Tech. It's, it's, it's semantics. Dilithium is, is still paid at some point in the process. But still... When you say you upgraded something to epic quality on it with these things, I, I have to scratch my head and go, D how many of those did you waste in tech points? Well, I probably used 12 to 15. That's a lot of wasted tech points. Well, at the same time, when you ever do about four times as many Four, four to five times as many, and that was just my sheer luck that I actually got it to work at that low of a chance. My luck has been when I'm using the standard ones that are 12,800 and have a dilithium cost, it takes me to 30 to 50% before I get a very rare ultra rare or an ultra rare epic. So I'd be spending more dilithium using the superior tech upgrades I can craft than using these Phoenix upgrades. There's more things have upgraded by chance for me using them I, I, than I by chance using I want to say what happened ones. to you was just purely RNGesus showing up. What happened to you was purely RNGesus showing admitting. up and going, For me, hey, I'm saying that, that's what's happened. But I and experienced I've been glad the same thing it. because I actually... Um, with these things, I actually upgraded all my ground stuff. Um, so I have done loads of kit modules, um, kits themselves, um, armor, to, to shields, gold weapons. Quality. To gold Strepic. quality. Yep. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't get that. I don't. I don't see how that is even remotely possible. Because again, it says standard quality upgrade, and that's. You know, when it when I shove one in, it goes 2%. Well, when I shove a purple one in that I've made with, you know, dilithium, it's also 2%. And yeah, I may have to shove in a whole bunch more of the purple ones, but those shoving in of the purple ones makes that 2% go up way faster. Well, I've just put in... Because I've just loaded up the game to have a look. So... I've selected just um, a, one of the um, assault rifles that I've got. So at the moment, it's currently done no upgrades. It's a very rare. 
Now, if I put the Phoenix Universal upgrade in there, that automatically has given me 5% um, for the quality, no dilithium cost, and has already maxed out the tech points because it's given me 51,200 when to upgrade it only requires 42,000. So did they fiddle with the numbers in this week's patch? Which is possible. Because, you know... Self-nerve! The thing is... is No, self-buff is what it would be. With the quality upgrade, the amount that you have for tech points will depend on how much of a quality boost you get. So the more tech points there are, the more quality it gets. So if you so if I replace that with just a superior ground tech upgrade, that goes all the way down to a one percent quality chance when I hit the apply upgrade. Wait, repeat that again. Okay, I replace um, the Phoenix Universal tech upgrade with a superior ground tech upgrade. That gives me twelve thousand eight hundred tech points that I require to upgrade, which is only twenty nine percent of the total to get it to mark 13 and the quality um, percent to go to ultra rare is only one percent then i have some funky ass numbers in my r&d situation because both of the tech both of the tech upgrades because i had two of them both of the tech upgrades for me when i was leveling up stuff because i thought well what the hell i have one of these extra purples left in here I'll throw it in there anyway, was 2% in the quality upgrade. So yeah, using the purple, I had a 2% quality upgrade. And that wasn't with a carryover of quality upgrade. It was 2% straight from that one purple. And then putting in the Phoenix token, I also got a 2% quality upgrade. But the way I see it is basically the Phoenix pack... um, the Phoenix Universal Tech upgrade is basically five times better than a superior upgrade. And when I view the stuff on my side, when the quality thing, rather than 1%, I get 5%. So it's basically saying you're using five upgrades. We're arguing on two different sides of having witnessed two different things. So there's, there's, there's not going to be a union of, of compromise anywhere. Well, it could, the reason we can see, be seeing different numbers is because different things upgrade different ways. So some things will only go to certain levels, some things only require so many tech points and things like that. So the reason you could see slightly different numbers is because you were upgrading different types of items than I was. It's possible, because I want to say I shoved both of those upgrades into console item. Um, trying to see if I can find a console item that I've got that I haven't already upgraded. Um, now I'll probably have to go and visit my bank to try and dig one out. But, uh, but no, I found those extremely useful. So, ah, Oracle's, um, Sybil has just put in chat, you hit the nail on the head midnight. Um, not sure exactly on what point, but, uh, it all agrees with me at some point of what I've just said. <laughs> well, again, uh, the ground weapons and the space weapons are wholly easier to upgrade than just about anything else. 
it takes it takes more R and D materials and tech upgrades to upgrade ground uh, armor and shields and space shields deflectors, um, uh, uh, engines, warp core, and even the consoles take a little bit more R and D than the weapons. Uh, no, as I said, I found them extremely useful for upgrading. Um, and yes, I spent the dilithium that I had on these packs, and I even got some zen. Um, so I think, I don't know, I've probably got, let's see, you get 20 for each thing that you bought, it wasn't it? So, yeah, I've probably got, I don't know, 140 plus the freebies. Well, like so. I said, I, I spent... I, I spent enough dilithium to buy 40 boxes in the 10 packs, so I bought four 10 packs. But yeah, I've already kitted out um, my ship with. Well, let's see, for the epic stuff, I didn't get anything because I'd already got all those ships, so um, yeah, I didn't get anything from epic, so I actually got one epic token, so I downgraded that to ultra rare. So I then used two of those to get the Bulwark and I also got the Jemadar attack ship because those were the only two ships that I hadn't got from the Ultra Rare tab. You lucky bastard. And then I just downgraded everything else to very rare to get Red Matter Capacitors. So I've already kitted out five characters with Red Matter Capacitors and I've got 13 other tokens as well. And then everything else I got that was rare or uncommon went straight into tech upgrades. So I've probably got about 60 of them that I've already used, upgrading loads of weapons, shields, kits, kit modules. And I've got another 100 still as well. Like I said, I only got two very rare tokens, and both of those went into purchasing Zephram Cochrane shotguns on on characters that I knew I was going to need them on. Mainly, low-level tunes. One of them being an Agents of Yesterday tune, and the other one being a newly created KDF-aligned Cardassian. Okay. Because at some point, they're going to have to fight the Borg. So what things did you get then, Timberwolf? I mean, mainly tech grades. I mean, my engineer's got a crystalline console that he didn't get, that he didn't have, and... Few characters that got red matter capacitors, but mostly it was just those tech upgrades. That's all I got lucky with. I never got a starship on this round, so having those tech upgrades to upgrade gear has really been a godsend. What about you, Dragon? I know you haven't been online much recently. Did you get a chance to do any of this? Yeah. I actually got a few boxes, um, and for those of you who actually got the epics, you lucky fuckers, um, the best I got was the rare, and I dumped most of those into upgrades. But yeah, for me, it was wanting to get the red matter capacitors, because yeah, I when those came out with the game boxes, that, that was well before I played, and I managed to win one for my main character on one of the Perfect World streams once. So I've been trying to get some for the other characters because, of course, um, unlike the one from the box, that was an account unlock, whereas 
the ones that were on the promotions from the streams were only character bound like these ones are that you can get from the Phoenix price pack. So um so yeah I've I've already kitted out a few of my characters and um yeah I can I've just got to decide which thirteen I'm going to give the red matter capacitor to now. So but yeah, I mean, I wanted to get one of those epic tokens because I wanted to get some of the older brain ships that I didn't that I don't have because I wanted that console bonus. But yeah, I didn't even come close. Um, I wanted some of the some of the earlier event ships, the the Ryzen ships that were available. Didn't get any of those. Yeah, I did not get anything above what was it the rare. Uh, on any of the boxes that I opened, and I opened like 30 boxes, so yeah, I dumped a lot of dilithium into it for the rare, for that chance to get a yeah one of the ships I did not already have. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I probably opened like like I said about a hundred, and I was after at least one of the Ryzeans or maybe the the Bulwark, and I never got close to it. So it was just like eh, but. Uh... But yeah, it'd be nice to see them bring this event back because I think it was very, very popular. Um, I want to see them bring it back because it dropped the price of the lithium down, or I should say Zen down, to something that I could actually halfway afford to convert into Zen towards being able to get some of those ship packs that I've wanted that I haven't been able to break open the wallet for. I mean, that by itself made it worth it to me to at least give it a try. Yeah, because it went down to, I think the low was recorded as being, what, 240, was it? The but, lowest the lowest I think it got was 245. 245. Yeah. So, Which yeah, amazing. It, it, it hasn't been that level for, well, a few years now, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm glad. I know this is going to be a, a thing that they're going to do probably anywhere from two to four times a year. They'll definitely do it before the summer event, but I'm hoping they do it four times a year. But that gives balance to the market. You obviously Hell, have a lot. Hell, the market's lot. already back up to 350 Yeah, but you're going to have a fluctuation in the market instead of it continuously just going up and up. You actually have something during the year that everybody will participate in to dump uh, the lithium into, and then it'll go back up for the Zen stuff, and it'll come back you know, it'll keep fluctuating. At least there's a fluctuation. Yeah. So by doing these events, including the the promotion that we talked about for the whales, it makes it things go up and down, and it caters for different people who sort of spend different ways. So. Yeah. And that's so, why yeah. I liked it. Not only are you getting offered all the old stuff, because I mean, what have we been talking about on the show and other podcasts been talking about for months now? was offering the older stuff. Find a way to offer the older stuff to newer players. They have it. So not only have you met that mark where people that either have played it for long for a long period of time that missed it can get it now or new players can get it so they don't feel left out. But it's a huge dilithium sink because of the drop rate. Now do I think the ultra rare drop rate should be buffed a little bit? Yes. Epic can stay where it's at, a little bit better drop rate on ultra rares. Um because I was seeing some of the numbers for people that opened like a thousand boxes and they'd get three ultra rare tokens and then one epic, but they'd have a shit ton of everything else. You know, upgrade a little bit, but it's something that people will constantly invest in. 
And since it's character bound, they'll invest multiple tunes into. That's why I liked it the most. Yeah, it's character bound. That's kind of a, a headache, but it guarantees that you invested everything in one tune this go around. The next time, you'll want to invest in your next tune, and then the next tune. Well, it'll I, definitely, it'll definitely keep when it when it comes around. The deal exchange will go and fluctuate again, and that's gonna be great. Well, the actual um, prize pack tokens and the tech upgrades are actually account bound. So it's just the prizes themselves, which are yeah, that's what I'm bound. talking about. You 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 get the prizes for all of one tune this this round since it's account bound since it's character bound. Next go around, you have plenty of dilithium on all your tunes to make sure that the next tune has all the character bound stuff. So you yeah, still but rotate. Well, no, 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 no. The tokens from opening the box. No, I know. Are account bound. I'm- yeah, but the prizes were character bound, and that's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, yeah but you can shuffle the tokens between your characters. Yeah, but most people want to focus on one tune. They're focusing first on their primary tune. Yeah, so but then any tokens yeah, they have but left. You can still shuffle the tokens to your yeah. other characters. So let's say you stuff. got one ultra rare, one ultra rare token. So you can only get one starship. You made sure it was on your main. Now that's that's character bound. On the next go through, that ship that you want on your engineer, the token can be shuffled to the engineer. So you right. focus on your primary first. Make sure he has everything this go around. If everything doesn't get to your secondary tune, well, there's the next go around. That's what I'm talking about. People were focusing on getting all the character bound stuff on their primaries first. And if they got it all this round, the next round they can shuffle the tokens and get the new tokens on the next tune. Since it's all character well, bound once you claim okay, it. Okay, so I have a question then. Is the store itself now closed? Like, you can't click on the tokens anymore and open that store. No, you can still do that. Yeah, but I'm talking about new tokens. If you I understand about new tokens. I was, yeah. I was just, I still have, like, a crap load of tokens that I haven't even used yet. Just like, yeah. Was this a promotion and then the store is closed now? Or is this, like, the old, um, the old, uh, 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 Oh God! What they? What are they? The, the pearls and the cute glossy photos. Where it it has a store as long as you have those tokens in your inventory. No, I can still um because I'm in game now. I've actually double clicked on it and it all comes up and I can redeem those tokens. Okay, so it acts like the the cute glossies. As long yeah. as I have them, I can open the redeeming store. Exactly. So, um, now, so yeah, one you can still redeem. Suggestion them. I have. One suggestion I would have for the whole Phoenix uh, whole Phoenix box thing is instead of having it just where you could take the token and downgrade it, say from rare to uncommon or whatever, um, do it to where you had like say a ten to one ratio or twenty five to one where you could take and upgrade it to the next quality. Thank that way you. you've got more. Yes, I, I think that would be a beautiful idea, and it would get even more people involved than to spend even more of that dilithium and, and all that sort of fun. And it would give players like myself an even better chance of being able to get those ships that they want, which would plant their asses in the game, which would improve their metrics, which, yeah, we all know is a quality of life thing for them because, well, metrics. And I think that would be an, a beautiful idea if they could implement it, or um, if they would implement it. Hey, um, hey, midnight, you're still in game, right? 
yeah, just going to open. Winter Wonderland. Oh, okay. Uh, if you get there and you still have the little tokens, please open the token store for me for a moment. Okay. So I'm just in the middle of the map moving. I, I understand. I'm willing to wait. Gotta love it when we're moving maps. Like, you can sit there for anywhere between five and three whole minutes moving a map. Because loading No, stuff. I'm already in. So okay. you'd like me to look at... The Uncommon tab. Yeah. Scroll all the way to the bottom of the Uncommon tab. What's at the bottom of the Uncommon tab? Phoenix Prize Pack. You can buy a Phoenix Prize Pack with how many Uncommon tokens? Ten. There you go. Severely under... Um underwhelming compared to having an option to just simply upgrade the token. I'm sorry that that's that's that is your option. You say yeah. you want you say you want to take 10 of the thing and upgrade them, there's your chance. Oh, yeah. if they turn out into if they turn into a green, <laughs> oh well. And that's why most people aren't doing that. I agree that's with Dragon. That's why I was saying do the do the 10 to 1 or even 25 to 1 or whatever for that guaranteed chance for that guaranteed yeah. quality upgrade. It just goes back to a guaranteed shot will always guarantee more money than a chance. Because, yeah, people are, people are going to buy those boxes regardless. But you want to guarantee five, they want to buy, buy more, you give them a guaranteed chance at something. If it was five, I could see putting it in the box. I could see upgrading. At ten, uh-uh. Because there's no way in hell somebody is going to have without throwing thousands of zen worth of dilithium into this thing 10 ultra rares to throw into an epic not gonna happen not gonna happen guys N nobody unless they're a whale is going to spend that much zen into into the system to upgrade a whole bunch of common or a whole bunch of uncommons into rares into Ultra uh, into very rares into ultra rares just to upgrade to one epic token. That's uh, that's thousands of tokens because you're progressively losing stacks of tokens each time you take ten to move into one of the higher. Well, I know it would work definitely from very rare to ultra rare because just out of the boxes I did, I must have gotten twenty five very rare tokens. And See, at the ten again, to one, this is the whole RNG thing. Yeah. But still, going on that, the red matter capacitors were dropping like crazy. So there was a lot of very rare tokens out there. At a conversion of ten to one, you know, I might not ever get an epic ship, but the chance of taking ten very rares and getting one ultra rare for one starship, again, I do this, that. This, again, this comes to the whole point of. As you're upgrading, you are losing a whole bunch of tokens in the process of upgrading to one of the next token. RNG Gods did not hand me this whole bunch of very rares that you're talking about. Out of 40 boxes, 40 boxes, two. Dragon didn't even get one out of 30 and I'm enunciating the number so you understand. Four T boxes, two. Dragon spent for 30 and got none. So when you say everybody was getting red, mat red matter capacitors left and right, okay, that's cool. I'm glad they had that kind of a luck left and right. 
But you can't sit there and straight-faced tell me that a person opening anywhere between 10 and 40 boxes can have a stack of 10 very rares and and upgrade instantly upgrade them into an ultra rare. It's not going to happen. Even if like a whole bunch of them turn into rares and uncommons by the ch- by the time you get most of them, you're probably going to have anywhere between 8 to 9 very rare tokens. And that's if you and that's even if you don't spend something on something you don't have in the uncommon or rare category. Okay, so maybe a five-to-one conversion would have been the, the smarter one to suggest. I, I'm just saying that give the player a chance to have a guaranteed upgrade should they put multiples of a lower quality in. Well, this is the first time they've run it, so you never know. They might change it or add extra things to it as time goes by. Well, at least this isn't the original lockbox promotion. Then they can't be, you know, <laughs> issued a class action lawsuit for gambling to children. Don't think any of them went through, did they? Honestly, I don't know. But if if I was the person to have that 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 kind of time on my hands, yeah, I probably would have pushed something like that through. Because having having a box that is oh Jim Hadar attack ship or nothing. Uh, yeah, no, that yeah, that would that would that would cause some really irate, you know, that that raises some really red legal question flags when it comes to children and gambling. Because I mean, we don't let you know you don't you don't normally let children in the casino and play the slot machine, and that's that's kind of what that is at that point. It's a pull, you know. It's it's quite literally spin the wheel. Oh, you didn't win anything. I'm sorry. Well, until the laws change, it's not actually down as gambling these as these lockboxes. No, not the newer versions. But that first one was. Well, no, it was. Because, because it was either the Jem'Hadar ship or nothing. There was no stuff extra in it. Uh, there was. Just like the very first one had other bits in it as well. Because I got an awful lot of them. I can't remember what it was, but there was some other stuff that you got. I think it was Lobi or something like that, but you definitely got something. No, Lobi did not exist until the Ferengi lockbox. I have to look it up. But no, there was something, because I remember getting other things. Because it's just like, why can't I get this shit? Because cause I remember, you know, what I remember coming into the game and the big thing was the Cardassian lockbox. And the whole thing about the Cardassian lockbox was, oh, hey, by the way, we have a lockbox now and it has stuff in it besides get the ship or don't get anything. Uh, um, yeah, Alex, I said there was no lobby in the red, blue or green winter box. Um, but um, yeah, just finishing doing the race. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a look now but yeah there was something i can't remember what it was but i know there was something there's never nothing so um alex says he think it, he thinks it might have been winter commodities but it was so long ago yeah <laughs> it was a very long time ago um so um 
Slucking it up. Trying to think. Uh, was it the Cadessian lockbox, the first one? No, um, no, 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 no. The, that the, was, the first uh, lockbox was for, like, I want to say the first winter event ever, because that was around the two-year anniversary when they were handing out the... Um, the the Odyssey classes for free, quote unquote. Um, I think it was the Dominion lockbox. That was the first one we got. No, the Dominion lockbox came after the Ferengi lockbox. Uh, check. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's twenty thirteen. So that was before then. See, don't screw with me in time, okay? <laughs> I've I've done the seven dimensional shit before. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to remember because it's just so long ago. Um, Son, are you trying to break into the eighth dimensional shit now? He is. I mean, it's just... <sighs> no. I'm honestly trying to break into the tenth dimension. I'm not going to let you into my home world. Well, how else am I supposed to do all those fun things we talked about? We'll get together on the ninth. There you go. I think I can live with that. Uh, trying to think, because it, yeah, it's the Jem'Hadar um, was the ship, wasn't it? And see, I don't even know if it was labeled in its own Jem'Hadar lockbox thing, like a the, the attack ship lockbox. I don't, I don't even think it was labeled as a lot, you know, as as the Jem'Hadar ship lockbox. I think it was just a winter event lockbox. The Cadassian box was the first lock box. The winter box was free to open, but you had to pay or do a daily grind of one of the lesser ones to get them. Um, is what Alex is saying in our chat. Because hmm. that was that was their first one. The first one was the winter box, and then once once they refined it, it became the Cardassian lock box. And then that's when they started selling the keys. But uh, yeah, I as I said, I do remember that you did get something. It was never nothing. But I just cannot remember. No, I was not there. I, I honestly was not there. All I have is what is what the community has ranted and raved about since. So, I can tell you right now that that the that the whole idea of the quality upgrades for the boxes and probably having to spend more like Alex is talking about in our chat. Yeah, that wholly carried over with the Cardassian and Ferengi lockboxes where you had the normal box where you picked up in gameplay and then you had a rare chance of picking up an uncommon box which had a quote-unquote better chance of dropping whatever ship was in it until they did away with that. Yeah, I remember that he had the uncommon ones. Um, okay, yeah, I think I found it. Okay, yeah, the it was the Jemadar attack ship. They're originally available from purchasing the winter package from the sea store um, between December 8th, 2011 and January 9th, 2012. The winter package could be opened for one of a variety of items, including a very rare possibility of a Jemadar attack ship. It included the unique Jemadar bridge. Since then, um, you've also been able to get the different carders, reinforcement packs, um, support packs, um, duty officer packs um, in later years as well. But yeah, there were some other items that 
you got with those. But it doesn't say on the Stow Wiki, does it? No, it doesn't say. Because, yeah. But I do remember you did get something. I do remember that much. Okay. Because I ended I'll, up with a... I have, to, I, I, have, I have to take your word for it. I was not there. But yeah, because I remember getting a whole heap of stuff because, um, yeah, that was the last time I actually spent proper, proper money in the game was for those things, wanting to get that ship. Um, and then when I did eventually get it, I actually sold it because the fleet really needed energy credits for, um, or stuff for um, the fleet. Wait, wait, um, wait, holding. wait, wait, wait. That was the last time you proper, proper spent money in the game? Yeah. So you in in, in wait, one wait wait wait, time. wait 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 I'm setting up for a joke stop it you don't do jokes what you're on about stop it I'm setting up <laughs> for a joke so you so you purchasing that tier six behemoth whale thing that you have what that was that was just a stipend thing no so but... you spent proper proper money on that that whale of a of a carrier no I mean as in a lot of money not. Proper money. Proper amount of money. (laughs) Didn't say you spent a lot of money. Not proper money. I said proper amount of money. You British people and your confusing words and weird English. It's called English. You're the ones who went and screwed the language up. (laughs) That's because we made it a melting pot. I mean, only in America can can you speak both... Like, well, you can you speak three languages in one sentence? This is I. I went to Toyota uh, and got myself a car, and then I went to Taco Bell afterwards. Look, that's three languages. That's 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 Spanish and English and Japanese, all in like a couple of sentences. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Tales from K thirteen Part Three. Oh uh, God. Okay, can I've I just. Not- had time to read this yet so have you guys read it yes so what do you think can i just say i've never been a fan of esri dax ever and for all the people who instantly hate me now i don't care you're off the show i've never liked esri dax (laughs) no why not i will agree with you on the esri dax from ds9 However, I do happen to like what they did with their starting with the Destiny trilogy and the novels. Oh yeah, that was very good. When they started actually maturing her character where she just wasn't some whiny little, you know, teenage counselor that didn't know who she was. There's a big difference between that and who she became in the books when she's fighting in the Borg War. Thing is it takes time to develop a character. Her character never had the time. She yeah. had a year on the show. So, so saying, one, if, you're, if we're talking about DS9 Esri, then wholeheartedly, I can agree with that. But if we're talking about what they did with her after the books, I might have to disagree slightly. It yeah, just what depends they did on with which her in version. The books was fantastic. Yeah. I, just, I, I hate Esri Dax for the same people hate both Anakin and Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. She's a whiny little bitch. Yep, that's what she Always. was in the TV show. Like, she is so nasally and whiny, and aren't you glad you brought me along? Ah, why won't you talk to me, Worf? We were rovers in a past life. Like, yeah, that that is pure DS9. Oh my God, just 
zip, yeah. zip. I don't need to hear all the whining. Look, you can have a younger, unsure of themselves character and not make them a teeny bopper for Christ's sakes. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I completely agree with what they did. What you're talking about when they did the DS9, but once they got to the novels, they actually made her a grown up where her seven lifetimes of experience actually came into use and she wasn't that little teeny bopper. Like there was a huge difference between what they did in the books. And I wish they would have done that in the TV show. Star Trek, Star Trek had a, had a great unsure of themselves character that we only saw in bits and pieces name Reginald Barkley. Ain't that the truth? Broccoli. Unsure of themselves character was he whiny no he was stuttery he was unsure of himself for sure and he had those moments where he was stuttering over himself and trying to defend himself and puffing up his chest like he wanted to say something but he just couldn't get it out yeah but you don't want a duplicate of a character you've already seen this was a different character this was someone who was very young was completely unprepared and it was a different character than what you'd seen it was showing a different side of different people who are in the federation you wonder how whiny she was before she was emergency implanted with the dax symbiont i have only one thing to say about this whole part of the conversation and it's just three words long shut up wesley <laughs> But no. The worst part is 90% of the time, Wesley was right, and people were telling him to shut up constantly. Ah, uh, but he was also the whiny teenager in, in TNG. So, therefore, they have had that whiny character in every iteration of the show. It's just, it's a, they've done it so often, it's a trope. And, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, Dax was the was that in that iteration, and it's just one of those things of you gotta have one person that everybody just loves to hate. Wasn't that He's... Gul Dukat and Kai Win? No, we just hated Kai Win because she was a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> an arrogant bitch. Yes, Does, a bitch the, that needed the, to die. Uh, Gul Dukat, hello. No, he was the other person that had to die. They had li- they literally they, they literally had the same mentality and motivations, period. Period. Exactly. So again, need everybody wanted to see die slowly, painfully, one joint at a time. But see, that's again, that's that's a person you love to hate because you're not just killing them. You're you're slowly torturing to them to death in your mind, and and getting a weird excitive pleasure out of it too. That's that's the love to hate part. Esri Dax was the please okay. just kill her now and get her out of the way. Okay, so I would have taken a slightly sadistic pleasure in watching that happen to Guldukat as well as Kai Wen. Okay, so shoot me. I would have still found it rather enjoyable. Anyway, this blog. Reading the blog, I look at the blog and I just shake my head and go, God, what the hell did I read last week? Because it's nothing like what these people are talking about in this story. (laughs) 
Well, I'll eventually read last week's blog as well at some point. Hopefully this weekend. Because <laughs> Lord knows I had a much, a much better interpretation of last week's blog than anybody else read, because apparently I can't do Klingon names all that well. Or, or keep Klingon names straight in my head. I mean, hell, we were talking about uh, Gorkon and Gowron, and I was starting to get them confused in my own head as we were talking about it. So, <laughs> I mean, th the only way I can distinguish between Gowron and Gorkon is the one is the honorable-looking Klingon who kind of goes, look, shit's going down. The only way our 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 government is even going to do anything is diplomacy with the Federation. And the other one's just a crazy-eyed bastard. Galrod was a crazy-eyed bastard. You can't deny that that freak of a Klingon had some wide eyes for a Klingon. That's what made him so unsettling for everybody and so memorable. I don't disagree. But yeah, no, reading this blog, it's like, oh, hey, um... This looks like there's some dissension in the ranks. What did your, you know, what happened? Oh, the first officer kind of went and killed our general because our general decided we were going to try and take over the station, which we were all kind of behind the general except for him. But he decided to um, kill our general. It's like, oh, shit, that's what Alex said happened. I really did read something completely different because I thought the general was having a, 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 a you know, a Gorkon moment. It's like... Look, I can't exist in this thing, so I'm going to off myself by blowing myself up on this asteroid, a la Armageddon. And, and, just, wow. Okay, I read something completely different, because I can't read Klingon names all that well. But what do you expect? I'm an Orion, not a Klingon, so... So here's all this dissension in the ranks, and Ezri shows up on the station, just as another fight breaks out. Between all these Klingons. And, um, thank you, Alex. I thought my story was much better, too, because, you know, it actually had honor and shit in it. <laughs> but, okay, so, so... Well, hopefully light on the shit. <laughs> no, no, it was a Klingon story, so it, there was definitely some shit in it. Because <laughs> they were flinging it out around and at each other, too. But, no, as we beams onto the station, just as another Klingon fight breaks out, the commander of the station, the Federation dude, goes, Ah, not again. And so Ezri goes over to the, to the guys and goes, Look, I don't know what the hell you think is going on, but um, there's a coalition now. We all kind of work together. And uh, if it wasn't for the coalition, like, th these enemies wouldn't be defeated, and these enemies wouldn't have been defeated. Oh, and by the way, uh, Kales decided to do some really her heroic, and I'm going to lie out of my ass right here as I'm talking to you because that guy was a selfish bastard and forgot all of his fucking teachings about honor and knowing when to retreat and all that shit and just decided to go wail on a fucking Iconian and got himself killed. But I'm going to make his death honorable, and you're going to shut the hell up and get along. And that's kind of what happens in the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you can't forget, she also failed to mention the fact that he dropped the shard sword. He fell in combat. Of course he's going to drop it. Well, no, and see, that's the thing. That's the other question I have. You have a, you have a shard of the Sword of Kaelas. You have a shard of the Sword of Kaelas. He should have the Sword of Kaelas... In its entirety. 
So he didn't just drop the sharp sword of Kalis. He dropped the whole damn thing. I still want to know when we're going to go back to recover the son of a bitch. Again, this is this is this is the shit that's never followed up on. This is the poked holes in shit and not explained shit. This is the same stuff as, oh, you're Klingon playing this mission. Oh, your chancellor's just been poisoned and you're going to go off and do all of this shit because Nicole and you come back and it's the end of the mission and oh, whoops, you're getting debriefed by the chancellor who doesn't tell you what the fuck happened. It was the miracle. It was the miracles of modern Fetty Bear medicine. Yeah, my ass. We're just that damn strong. But see, it's not even that. That's not even explained. It's just. It's just. Oh, uh, we're glad you're back. It took some. It took some wrangling from the the Federation diplomats, but we decided to go back to the. Te- Dude, you were fucking poisoned. What the hell happened to you? You were poisoned. Did you receive some kind of emergency antidote? Was it a weak poison? What? What happened to you? Don't tell us about you going back to the negotiating table. What happened to you? We all know Klingon's lives don't matter. Ooh, so, shots the blog. <laughs> well, if Klingon lives don't matter, I guess... That means that Federation captains are all absolutely honorless dogs. I like what Alex said. You're a Romulan, and your first officer keeps yammering about his sister. Eventually you find her, and then you never hear another word about her ever again. Because! Probably because you've slapped your first officer around saying, shut the fuck up. There's this whole storyline of Tovan Kev going, I need to find Rena. We need to find Rena. You find Rena. Okay. Uh, we saved her. Not going to join our crew. Okay. Where is she going to live? Where, is, 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 she, is she living on the flotilla? Is, is she, is she going to be an officer in the, you know, the Romulan Republic? Is, is she going to be a civilian? What, what happened? No, we don't. We we're not going to tell you. We don't. We don't know what happened. We 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 didn't. We didn't think that far. Yeah, yeah. You didn't think that far ahead, did you? You didn't think that people would be interested in understanding what happened to the person, you know, that we have kind of invested this time in looking for because what we need to get Thanks. on to the next us being a badass. No, no. Our commander in ch- it's like it's like if the US president was poisoned and you go off and you find the terrorist and you deal with the terrorist and you come back and you're being debriefed by the president. You wanna kinda know hey, are you okay? What happened? Or are you a body double doppelganger? Which, honestly, I kind of want to think that Jim Puck has been replaced by an undine infiltrator because he's gotten a whole hell of a lot more all lovey-dovey and, and, and diplomatic and shit when at the start of this whole thing it was rah, 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 we're going to invade this territory and start a whole fucking war. Would make a lot more sense. Anyway, the link to the blog will be in the show notes. So, um, 
yeah, hopefully I'll get a chance to actually read all three parts this weekend myself. Now I can't um, wait for part four, where they finally introduce an engineering crew to the station to fix the station. I mean, we had a mention of it at the beginning of the third block, but we'll finally actually have to, we'll finally get to see an interaction of the engineering crew on K-13, finally fixing K-13. Well, the reason that's been lacking is part of the unlocks is you fixing it with your fleet, technically. And uh, I, I, I completely understand, I completely understand that aspect, but from a Federation standpoint, <laughs> even from a Klingon standpoint, <laughs> there's no fucking way we would have just left the station there after after having a whole bunch of people show up, pull those people out of stasis and go, oh, hey, welcome to the future. Nobody would have just completely abandoned those people to their own fucking devices in in that old fucking beat-up wreck without leaving engineering crews and all that kind of shit to be there. Because that Survival was our investment. We stole that thing from, from Madron Fair and fucking Square. Because fuck that little toad. Anyway, on the topic of K-13, there is the new unlock. So, it's an unlock for the armory. Yep. So this one is Project Floor. Floor. Project 4, Past Blasts. So this will give you vintage gear on display in a retrofit engineering facility. So, um, so yeah, that's without discounts is 200,000 lithium, if I recall correctly. Yes. Aren't you glad you saved your dilithium after the Phoenix Lockbox event? For most of the holdings that I've got for um, my family fleet, um, I've only just started running some of these vanity ones um, because they just weren't needed. Um, so I've added them in for the Amada now that some of the things in like the Dilithium mine, now that's been maxed out. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're not something that's important. You can leave them. They will return once all of them have been um, on promotion sort of thing um, for a couple of weeks so um, don't worry if you cannot slot it and um, you will get the chance to later now we have also got the infinity R&D pack promotion that's going on so same as we talked about earlier on if you spent a hundred dollars um, this is a chance to win a load of those tier six ships that we read out or get some lobby. So they're on promotion from Thursday, December 8th, so that was yesterday, to January 5th. So they'll be finding additional bonus when opening the R&D pack. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in grabbing those, um, usually if you just buy the one pack, it's 300 zen, or if you buy a pack of four, it's a thousand, so you save 200 zen. On which you will actually get with that four separate packs, you won't get um, one pack that unpacks four. Okay. Um, on the console side, we had an update. Um, 
Okay, patch was, um, I think that's Tuesday, isn't it, patch day for them? Yes. So their thing resolved an issue that would cause a crash when in the duty officer UI. And that's the only fix that they've got. And the known issues, camera is too far above Klingon captains when the camera is zoomed in all the way. Some maps are either too dark or brightly lit. And some icons in the fleet holdings UI are not correctly faction specific. So uh, yeah, that means you'll be getting the Federation ones. Um, now, we have also got some things going on as well. You've got an upgrade weekend, which is currently active. Um, so anyone listening live, um, get in before Tuesday the 13th of December, 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, these are for your tech upgrades. Then you've also got um, a bonus XP month as well. So, um, oh, let, let's let's talk for a moment about the um, that little XP thing that they have going on for consoles starting here in the near future. Uh, yeah, that m- almost month long bonus XP. Yeah, Are you still there? Give him a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Uh, um, there was an announcement made um, on the console side that yeah, for basically the next three, almost three and a half weeks, the console players are going to serious bonus to XP earned. Um, yeah, and it yeah, like I said, it's almost a month long. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything like that happen for the. Uh, for the PC ever, it's usually just like a weekend or maybe a week, like during the uh, the whole Delta recruit and all that sort of fun. Um, it is actually over a month because it's running from December 6th. So that was Tuesday and it's running until January 10th. Okay, so shoot me. You broke up there. You might have triggered him. <laughs> well, he did say shoot him, so. I mean, I think I his point is. Matt, shoot me. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things he's he's pointing out. Whenever PC gets an opponent XP, it's only a weekend, whereas consoles getting a month. Now, maybe this is something that's coming in the future, but right now, it's very lopsided when it comes to XP promotions and availability when you're giving one only a week and you're giving the other one a month's worth. Well, yes and no. Does anybody remember the whole, um, oh, hey, let's publish the console figures thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Alex pointed out quite a few times that there's quite a few people who seem to be nowhere near in-game content in that game. And the people who are near in-game content usually have some form of tier six <clears throat> or 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 better starship. While, well, well, let's be honest. While the Klingons have diddly fucking squat on either side. Well, the difference is probably related to the different playing styles between console and PC players. 
So that's probably why there's that's been extended, especially as for a lot of console gamers, they I would say console players would go through a lot of content in a go, and especially during this holiday season, they're more than likely to spend a couple of weeks pushing through a character or something than whereas a lot of PC players just play for sort of an hour or so more regularly um, over a longer time. And and then you have those crazy fuckers like me that binge play when they get the opportunity. Yeah. But um, sort of as Sun and Alex has said, is that they're looking to try and push people on within the game to get them to end game with a lot of the end game content. So doing this for just over a month will allow that to happen. We notice you're not buying our step-up ships. Okay, well here's a month of bonus XP because we want you to get to endgame because we want you buying our ships, damn it. So yeah, if you're a console player, then uh, yeah, get in-game now. Um, you've got five weeks worth of bonus XP, so you'll be rewarded with 100% extra. So that's twice as much as normal. Um, you've also got the Jem'Hadar strike ship stats that has been released. So um, that is being... Um, that is being re- run with their R&D pack promotion. Yes. So if you're interested to know more about that ship, the link will be in our show notes. Um, so general quick information... Um, Four forward weapons, three aft weapons, two device slots, one commander tactical, one lieutenant commander tactical slash intel, one ensign engineering, one lieutenant commander universal, and one lieutenant universal slash command. And you've got five tactical um, slots, four engineering, and two science. So, as I said... The link will be in our show notes. Okay, so we have got a combat log. Now, Stu was going to report on this, but he's not been able to make it this evening. Um, it was about the crystal radiation projector. Um, Timbalf, are you able to give us some more information about this? Um, That was the event... Um... Rifle the from the crystalline, gun. yeah. Rifle? And rifle? Uh, 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 it's an assault cannon. Well, the one thing that I've really liked about it is because of the way it's been coded from my testing, it's not a weapon that the Borg can adapt to. So that's been my nice little nugget of joy with this particular weapon is it's another weapon I can put on a bridge officer or myself, and the Borg won't adapt to it. It's just like a free TR in essence, but what it's been doing is, yeah, it's a cannon. I'll agree with Sun on that one. It's basically doing the the, the same as when um, when plasma fire procs on the Borg. It's just, it's just, it's just doing it's doing that, but as radiation damage. Now it's for, constant. Now, for those of you who are unsure um, about the crystal radiation projector. Um, you are able to get that from the Crystalline Cataclysm event, which ran 
um, during November. Um, it was a single character unlock that can also be reclaimed from the Dilithium store if dismissed. Now, in lore, this unit was created by adapting a captured Tholian crystal technology, and when fired, it delivers a concentration of irradiated particles to the target. This is made possible by heavily ionizing subatomic particles and passing them through a firing chamber containing a Tholian crystal. The resulting electromagnetic radiation produced from the process is a radiation effect between photon and kinetic energy sources, um, which is probably why it works on the board, the board, <laughs> the Borg, because it's kinetic. Well, they got it listed as a radiation damage, which they don't adapt to radiation anyway, so that's probably why. Right. I, I have to wonder if Tholian crystals are used in the construction of the um, the Nanopulse, Lerpa, and Batleth. Possible. Makes sense. Because that would explain that would explain our version of lightsabers. It's Tholian crystals, not Kyber crystals. <laughs> Now, your pr primary fire is Radiated Bolt, and your secondary fire is Radiation Blast, with Radiation Surge for your melee. So, okay, so let, let me explain something. Um, a lot of people a lot of people think that getting this weapon, that it would be something like a... Um, uh, a, oh, what would seem like a constant fire, it actually fires more like the pulse wave weapons, where it, it fires its initial blast, and then it has a, a cooldown on both timers. So both primary and secondary fire have a cooldown on them. So you have to wait a little bit before you can fire your primary shot again. Um, I want to say it's somewhere between two to three seconds. Um, but that that first, you know, that radiated bolt is is kind of a, a really decent. It's a really decent thing because even at Mark Twelve, like I was using mine, I was taking out a third of enemies' health. So, yeah, and that's 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 even with them having shields up, I was eating a third of their health, health, not their shield health. Yeah. So. And and because I was eating, you know, because it was also then afterwards applying applying radiation damage, it was also slowly eating their health afterwards. The um, the radiation blast is kind of this big huge cone, kind of like the um, the flamethrower, the Romulan flamethrower, and it's really nice because it's an instant half health of everything in the cone. Uh, so, yeah, you start off with the radiation blast, and then you radiate bolt the rest of the standing enemies. Radiation surges if the enemies like to get up close, because then you, you know, you know how you rifle butt with, like, all the other weapons? This is actually a, I'm going to swing the thing, but because I'm swinging this thing that's irradiated, the swing itself is also irradiated. So you're also, not only are you knocking them back, you are also causing radiation damage as well. The animations for it are pretty sweet too, because it's got the, um, it's a weird mix of the, uh, the, the, the Tholian lattice look of, of like the webs and stuff. 
but it's concentrated in the form of the um, the diamond structure that the Voth antiproton weapons have. Yeah, I must admit, I've not actually used this weapon yet. It's a really good weapon. Like I said, even at Mark 12, this thing is kind of just amazingly a beast to use. And I was using it against a Jem'Hadar on, uh, um, what is it? What What is that first mission? God, I can't remember. I can never, see, I'm I'm horrible with names, but it was the 2800 arc, and it was that the Jem'Hadar taking DS9 again. So I was fighting them. Boy, is that, like, it was just chewing through them like they were lettuce. I want to say it's like second coming or something. Second wave, that's it. That's right. <laughs> God. It took me a while, but I got there. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, just like in the bedroom. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Midnight's got nothing. It's the Star Trek Timelines. We have some timelines news. Yeah. Well, they are releasing version 1.6 sometime soon. Now, beforehand, when um, they have actually mentioned updates like this, it's usually come in around two to four weeks. So, this update will include updates to crew slots, something I've been mentioning for quite a while now. Although it's still... Mm, basically, they're reducing the higher cost of crew slots by 500 dilithium. While at the but, same time extending the cap. So essentially they're creating a whole new tier. They're, they're creating a whole new tier of crew slot unlocks. But because of the exponential increase nature of purchasing crew slots, they're knocking 500 dilithium off this new unlocked tier of crew slot purchases. So it's still yeah. going to cost you the same for what you have. Now, they've said that you'll be able to purchase up to 50 additional slots at a time. But, yeah, it makes me wonder exactly... No, 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 not, not at a time. You can purchase a total of up to 50 additional slots. Sorry, that's whole. right. It says at this time, yeah. So, um, I've got um, yeah, because at the moment I'm running with... Where are we? Sorry, just bringing it up at the moment. Yeah, I've got 130 crew at the moment. I only have 30. 35. Um, for me to get more, um, if I recall correctly, that is... Well, let me just open some of these free rewards that I've got. I'm sure I'll end up getting a character, because I usually do. But... Oh, I get ships. <laughs> uh, yeah, usually I will get characters, but I'm sure to get five more is 2,700 um, dilithium. So that means it's just going to be reduced to 2,200. So, well, that be... is if it applies to you. Yeah. Again, again, they're creating a new tier above what you're at of unlocks and it's the new tier that is being knocked off the 500. Yeah. Because well, exponential increase. Yeah, well, I think I've probably now reached the higher tier as I've got 130. 
But um, yeah, I I won't know until it comes out and I can have a look. But yeah, the thing is, if they want me to play more, then they need to go further. They need to reduce the price an awful lot. They need to increase the amount of slots more. Um, yeah, it's just the amount of crew that comes out, I can't use them. I'm... Nobody can keep Nobody, even your whales, cannot possibly keep up with this. Yeah, I stopped trying after a couple of days. That's why I've only got 35. I just pick which ones are honestly going to be the best and delete the ones that I don't like because there's no way I can keep up with that kind of cost. Yeah, um, so it's a good start, but I think they can do better. Um, uh, oh, they can definitely do better, but they said in addition they're going to have community events, quote-unquote, in the near future, which will be able to earn you additional free crew slots. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, they've also got a faction shop crew purchases. So each faction will now have a slot where crew aligned to that faction can be purchased for the lithium. These crew will be randomly selected every day and will include legendary and limited time crew. They've also got um, new supply kits that will be available in the time portal. These kits will have valuable 24-hour boost, reducing the chronoton cost of missions, providing bonus credits, and increasing new experience gains. And you can also run... So you can purchase multiple kits at once, stacking them together to create even longer bonus periods. They're also going to be introducing weekend advanced cadet challenges, because at the moment, when it comes to the weekend... Um, you don't actually have any challenges for the weekend. So what will happen is um, you'll be able to earn exciting new rewards, as they said in there. Um, they're also going to be adding um, replicator fuel. Now, this is what they're saying will be the new reward for these advanced cadet challenges. And basically, when you earn one of these items, it's worth many times the replicator value of items of the same rarity. So, I think this is probably to go back against a lot of people who are going, well, I'm not using the replicator because it costs way too much. Which it does. Which is why I don't use it. <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't. I don't tend to use that. I can't podcast. disagree. I tried out the replicator for the first time. My first thing with the replicator, and was like, "Yeah, no, I'm really glad I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of common crap from running missions over and over and over again when I was playing." But um, I can't do this every day to get a thing because I'll run out of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of materials. Pretty much. Yeah. So, again, I think they can do more to reduce it. Because, um, yeah, more people will level up the characters and spend time doing that, which is then people... In and it's not, it's not even the cost. It's the fact that, I mean, hell, and I haven't used it in a few weeks, so maybe it changed, but the last time I used it, you could only use the replicator once per day. So you, you know, you get something, it could be a minor item, it could be a high-end item. You replicate that one item... And then that's it. You gotta wait till tomorrow to do it again. 
And yeah, I, that was think, ridiculous to me. Yeah, I think there was a limit on how many things you could do, but I can't remember the exact criteria. It's been a while since I've properly replicated anything. And then for the Battle Arena, um, yeah, it always makes me laugh when it says PvP, because it's not proper PvP. They've taken a, a copy of your Snapshot ship. Snapshot of your ship and what and it's got it, on it. It's basically a PvE of someone else's ship, basically. Um, it's not a true PvP. Um, but yeah, they're going to be closing it for 24 hours in the next few days to rebalance the commander division. So they're going to post in social media and the forums in advance of the closure and will send in-game messages as well. And then when it reopens, the leadership will be reset. So... Now, the Commander Division is the low-end one, um, where you can um, get rewards for the Galaxy-class ship schematics. I must admit, I don't tend to do much in that. The main one that I go for is the Captain Division for um, the Romulan Dediridex schematics. So I, I, I spun the double wheel today and got... No, it wasn't a double wheel. I spun the, um, I did the scan and got 150 Dederdex things. Nice. But yeah, I keep myself on the captain division in the top 15, because that way I get um, 10 of those. I think if we go to the top five, then that goes to getting the HMS bounty schematic, but I don't want them. So I keep trying to keep myself in the top 15. But every now and then I keep going up and it's like, no, stop it. Go back down. So, um, because, yeah, I'm currently positioned 4,847 in the captain division. And the top 15% begins at 4,804. So I'm only 40 odd places um, below being put up to the next one. So the thing is I try and lose which most time I can do if I don't fire anything off and I pick a higher ranking ship and things like that. But yeah, I still don't move down. And as I found out once before that if you don't actually play it, then you get kicked out of the board completely. So if you're looking not to go anywhere in there, um, at least complete one of the divisions because yeah, you can easily get just removed from the board. So just play probably even just once every few days just to make sure that doesn't happen to you. So you said you're what rank at what division? In the captain division, I'm rank um, 4,847. Okay. I am in the commander. I'm staring at the arena right now. I'm in commander division at 160,402. Yeah, but, good luck on me getting to captain, ever. Well, the captain division, um, you've got three divisions that give different rewards. The commander division is the low end one. Now that right, one, and I'm still in the, the, I'm still literally in the starter ship because I have no other ships yet. Still. Okay. Well, I'm ranked one thousand one one thousand seventeen thousand five hundred ninety four for that one. 
17,000, 160,000. Hmm. I have a long way to go. Well, you've only got 30,000 to go to get into the top 80%. <laughs> but yeah, and then in the Admiral Division, I'm ranked 11,288. So I'm in the top 10 there. But um, yeah, when it comes to... Um, my ships for that then yeah the Dira decks I'm trying to get to level 9 so I'm only um, just under 300 schematics away but of course I get 10 each day so it's slowly going up but um, yeah the HMS Bounty um, slowly getting um, that's nearly leveled up as well. That's level 9 out of 10, but I've still got 1,600 schematics to get for that one, so that's a little bit um, further off for me with that one. But, um, but yeah, these have maxed out the Constellation and the Nova class and the Galaxy class ship, so I'm not, to be honest, really interested in the Commander Division because I think the Galaxy class ship is all that gets rewarded when it comes to the commander division. So hopefully when they redo that one, they'll actually offer something else than those two ships because I've maxed them out. So I keep getting these rewards for them, but So you have both me. the Valjean and the the Constellation maxed out? Yeah. Okay. I don't even have the Valjean yet, so... Actually thinking about it, do I have the Valjean? Because there's the Marquis Raider and then the Valjean. Yeah, I think that might have been what I was looking at. Double checking. The I have Maquis the Marquis Raider, but not the Valjean. The oh, Marquis no, I... Raider is the tier one, and the Valjean is tier two. Yep. Yeah, no, I do have the Valjean. Um, that's level zero out of seven. Um, so yeah, I need to try and get lower. So hopefully, well. Depends what they do with regards to that, because yeah, if they, it all gets reset, then if I keep a low rank, if they still do the same ships, then yeah, I just need to try and get to the top 25% to earn seven of the Valjean schematics. So I have to, I have to go back. One of the, one of the missions I was doing in the hostile takeover arc for the Ferengi was actually dropping. Valjean schematics one at a time. I'm actually kind of close to having the Valjean too. That's good. So um so yeah, that is update 1.6. Um now if you're in game this weekend and you're listening live or I actually have time and good health to get the episode out this weekend rather than the beginning of next week. Um there is the event called a Brute Squad which is being rerun. So that will start, or that has started today, um, and goes on to Monday, twelfth of December. So the new crew is North Star Tucker, who's a legendary, and um, Caliborn Chekhov, and Frank Hollander, which already existed in the game. So, so, um, so yeah, if you're interested in those characters. And heading game, so uh, it's a that. it's a it's a new Ferengi uh, shuttle mission things, and um, you get a bonus if you send Tucker, 
uh, data or check off on any of these missions if you have them in your crew. Yep. I think I was just looking for um, that information because I lost the page. Well, you're welcome. There you go. I can beat it. Okay. On to Star Trek news. So, haven't really got much this week, but one of the things that Stu Dog did pick up on was um, today in 1998, so that was December 9th, um, this was um, the episode 30 Days that first aired for Star Trek Voyager. Really good episode. It's one of the better Tom Paris episodes. Yeah. It was really good. Um, so, of course, for those of you who can't remember what episode this is, this is where Voyager comes across a, well, I say water planet. Um, Big ball of water in space being held together by something. Yeah. Now, when I was at Destination Star Trek years ago, where timelines hadn't been released yet, and you, they got you to design a planet. The planet that I'd designed was actually basically a big rock followed by a moon sort of thing, which was just ice because I couldn't do water. Um, so, and this episode was actually the inspiration for that because it was just like, well, the water came from that. So I basically got one planet of sand and one planet of uh, <laughs> frozen water <laughs> so um but yeah this is where tom paris gets demoted to ensign um after he disobeys an order and it's him basically telling the story in a sort of a letter to his dad um so um yeah it was a very good episode so um yeah, I'm still going through Deep Space Nine with my rewatch currently. And um, so, yeah, I will get to this episode probably in the new year. Um, Alex in chat has said, was it the one where he got demoted, put into the brig, and later um, on he was promoted again while Harry was still an ensign? Yes, yes, this is the episode where he is demoted and brigged for 30 days. Yeah. Um, although he doesn't get promoted for a little while. But yes, when he does get promoted again, um, yeah, Harry is Harry, still an ensign. Yeah, when he gets promoted again, Harry, l l l the line literally is, I didn't see any pips in my chair. And everybody else on the bridge crew laughs and it's like, no, he's fucking serious. Guys, he's literally done more shit than Tom Paris. The way he's supposed to. Tom Paris has literally played fast and loose and actually been demoted, and you're re-promoting him over Harry Kim. Harry Kim, the guy who's died no less than like six fucking times in this, but has it's all suddenly been backtracked because oh we we stole the other we stole the other Voyagers, Harry Kim, or oh it was a temporal episode, rewind, reset. Guys, Harry Kim has taken a whole bunch of shit. He deserved a promotion, and you're promoting Tom Paris. Fuck you. So, um, so yeah, just a little bit of Star Trek trivia, um, basically for this week's Star Trek news. So, um, 
the only other Star Trek news we've got is in the section we call Main Viewer, um, which is for information on the new TV show coming next year. Now, last week we forgot to actually report on the fact that Brian Fuller is no longer to be involved in Star Trek Discovery. So um, he's basically too busy with his... Well, other productions at the moment. Other productions he'd already signed on to do, um, and it's just too busy. So um, he has actually said it is bittersweet, but it was a situation that couldn't be resolved otherwise, so I had to step away. I'm not involved in the production or post-production, so I can only give them material I've given them and hope that it is helpful for them. I'm curious to see what they do with it. If there's well, a second... Well, here's the interesting thing. If they, you know, the this this interview actually went on for quite a while, and in it there was the mention of what if they have a problem, and uh, it was brought up. You know, Brian Fuller said, "Well, you know, if they need me for anything, they've got my number." Yeah, which was the quote that was very, very popular in all the news articles and taken completely out of context. Very, very selectively edited. Yeah. So it made it look like there was something that happened between the the production staff and it's like, "Mm, no. So, um, but no, he has said that if there's a second season, they have my number. um, And if they need me, I'll absolutely be there for them. So, is he is a huge Trekkie. He, of course, wanted to be involved, but with existing. Well, no, he's con- been involved. He's, well, he's yeah. essentially laid the entire groundwork for the for the, the whole thing in the first place. Oh yeah, but no. That's what I was going to say is thing. he wants to be involved. It's just he's had to step back and say no, I can't be involved anymore because he'd already signed um, other deals and contracts which he needs to honor first. So, and we were we were talking about this in our Facebook chat, and I said, "Hmm, this kind of reminds me of this other directory guy that's um that's in charge of these two properties in the UK, and seems to always be pushing one and neglecting another, and then now is taking a year off from the first one to actually do the other, and is you know neglect neglecting the first one." Except for, you know, a, a, a little christmas e thing. And for those of you who don't understand, I'm talking about Stephen Moffat and this divide he has between Doctor Who and Sherlock. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's done a lot of the setup already for the show, so that's what they'll be continuing with. And, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, what his reaction is, because I'm sure other people will interview him um, as things come out to get his view on things. And I will course, say, though, I, I, I admire Brian Fuller a whole hell of a lot more than I do Stephen Moffat, because at least Brian Fuller knew when to walk away and say, I need to like finish his other shit, because uh, I need to. And uh, I've laid some groundwork here you guys can pick up. Meanwhile, Moffat's like, ah, ah, I, this is going to be my last season. No, wait, I want to make another season. <laughs> yeah. That will be my last season. No, wait, I'll make another season after that. It's like, dude, fucking give up. 
Now, I think we had reported not last week, but the week before. Um, or did we? Oh, I can't remember now. Um, about we were, we were off for two cast- weeks. Yeah. It's all a bit of a blur. Just we haven't so we busy. haven't discussed we haven't discussed cast cast. Yeah, I couldn't remember if we had or not, but no, no we haven't. We have haven't. We? We haven't. For some there, reason, I thought we had, but I think that's, that's just in our internal because, chat. Well, that's because that's because you're part timing on the G and T show too, and they did. So yeah, uh, plus all the other stuff that I do for other podcasts and listening yep. to them. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. We have been told that Doug Jones, um, who has been in all sorts of things, um, from Fallen Sky to the Hellboy series to Pan's Labyrinth, um, yeah, he's yeah he he's been in a lot. So when it comes to sci-fi, he's one person that is really good at doing aliens and stuff that requires makeup and things like that um he was also for those of you who remember um is in fifth passenger as well um so he appears in that um he's also in oh what's the vampire one tv series that's on um the strain um he's also um one of the ancient vampires in that as well. Um, because, yeah, I watched that TV series that he's in. Um, oh, he's been in so many things. He's been in Arrow. Um, what else have I seen him in? I should just look at his IMDb page, I suppose. <laughs> Probably help. Uh, but, yeah, he's been in an awful lot of stuff. Um, and most of it requires him being sort of dressed up as uh, something else rather than being seen as him. Um, Michelle Yeoh um, has also been cast. She's going to be captain of another ship. Um, Captain um, Giorgio, is that how you pronounce that? I'm not good with names. So um, Don't ask me. <laughs> But yeah, she's going to be the first on-screen Asian female captain of a Federation ship. So, um, but yeah, won't be, she was not the captain of the Destiny. Um, So yeah, she's been in um, a martial arts film, which I still haven't seen all of, actually, um, which was uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um... So she's well known for that. I don't think I've seen anything with her in it. Um, just quickly bring up her IMDb page. Yeah, just quickly going through. There's nothing I recognise as stuff that I've seen. But yeah, she's also the voice in Kung Fu Panda. Um, at least the second one. Um, so she's the soothsayer um, for that. Oh no, she's in Strike Back. Um, played a character in there, so yeah, I have seen her in a TV program before. Um, but um, yeah, that was a couple of years ago, so uh, yeah, didn't recognise her. And the third person they've announced is Anthony Rapp. Um, 
he's actually going to be the fungus expert. And um, yeah, it seems a bit strange that it's so specific um, with what sort of expert he is. But uh, yeah, this guy's been on a few things before. Um, nothing ever for a series from what I can tell. Um, but yeah, he goes back to doing things such as um, being an episode of The X-Files um, and lots of little things. I think the most he's been in for a TV series-wise um, is he played a recurring character on something called Kidnapped. And yeah, I think he also appeared in Law and Order Special Victims Unit as well um, for a few episodes. So, um, but other than that, for me, he is a bit of an unknown. So, um, yeah, they're the three people we've been told about so far. And um, TrekCore.com um, spoke to Alex Kurtzman um, about it or about them. So, um, he sort of says what he thinks of them. Um, so, when it came to Doug Jones. Alex Kurtman said, Doug Jones, you know, one of the greatest. What he did in Pan's Labyrinth has embedded itself in my mind forever. What you want to do when you're creating a creature of some kind is cast an actor that has the ability to pull off the bulk of it in a practical way, and that requires a real understanding of movement. Because a lot of people in these alien or monster outfits, it's hard to get sort of expressions. So to get an actor that can really do something with these sort of makeup and outfits um, can be quite difficult, I suppose. But uh, yeah, he's Doug Jones um, is uh, taking on a role of an alien called Lieutenant Sara Saru. Um, regarding Anthony Rapp, which is the scientist. Um, Alex Kurtman said, I've been a fan of Anthony's for a long time. He's just a brilliant actor. It's always just about how you, you... It's just about how do you find actors who are... It's always... Uh, I'm butchering this. It's always just about how do you find actors who are... It's always who's right for the part. But it's also... There's a lovely diversity that Star Trek always has been about. As we build the cast, and um, because there are still lots of parts to cast, we're excited that people seem to be so excited about our first three choices. So, um, yeah, didn't really say much about Anthony there. Um, and then Kurtzman said regarding um, Yol's role was, I will not give you one detail about the show other than to tell you that I think that Michelle gets to play a part that has so many dimensions to it and is so perfect for where we want to go over the course of the season and maybe even beyond. So, yeah, not really saying much, but uh, sort of goes as December um, slowly disappears and the new year comes. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more about casting um, is she the is she the granddaughter of Hoshi? <laughs> Who knows? 
she ooh is she the exiled and outcast and separated her from her universe version of Empress Hoshi? Think uh-huh. about that. Transporter accident before the Kirk transporter accident. Is she a plot hole that they would never be able to fix? Probably. Look, look don't, don't, hey, 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 hey. We're not going to start calling women plot holes because that invites, that invites certain political stances, man. Stop it. In our chat, Big Mikey, um, Oko says, I'm most excited about rap. His Broadway credits are extensive and he's worked with some of the greats of the stage. Now, we've usually found that um, a lot of the people they get for Star Trek have actually been theatre people, um, which has always done the show very well. Um, sort of, you'd got... Um, because on, on a stage, on, on a stage, yes, the voices, to, to voice act is one thing, but on a stage, you were also giving a very visual performance because... Well, a lot of people can't really see you all that well, so you have to be very physical in what you do. And that carries over real well in in a TV show that is all about being technical or technical or physical or engineering and sciency and fiddling with things all the time. Well, as long as there's no more of the Shatner delivery, um, I will be happy. I just don't want... Sentences to be in multiple parts. Oh, so you must absolutely go there. You must absolutely loathe Christopher Walken then too. Christopher Walken. (laughs) Everyone needs more cowbell. Everyone needs uh, more cowbell. Oh, him. Um, oh, he's not as bad as what Shatner was for Kirk. Or even just Shatner is as Shatner. (laughs) Shatner is Shatner in Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, on to a section that we're calling Grind My Gears. Oh, God. Okay, are you guys ready for my soapbox today? Um, hold on, my popcorn's still popping. You better make it quick, because, uh... I have a simple question, and I don't oh, think God. it has a simple answer. Triggered. Triggered. <laughs> so, here's my simple question. Who owns Cryptic? Triggered. Okay, so for, 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 for those who don't know, last year, 2015, at around August, a bunch of business publications began running a story that Perfect World was being, uh, was being bought back from being public, a publicly traded company back into privately owned hands. And that that privately owned company would be filed in the Cayman Islands under the name Perfect Peony. And it took several months to hammer out a final deal. But a final deal was reached because in the beginning of this year, I believe it was, it was announced publicly 
on you know on our own little news feed in Star Trek that uh that this transference was actually finally taking place. Now, generally, when a company trades hands to another company, that first company is scrubbed completely from all logos and marketing and all that kind of stuff that's associated with its product for the person that purchased it, normally. Because, you know, it's a market confusion to say this company exists when it kind of doesn't anymore. Well, then who owns Cryptic at this point? Because at this point, Cryptic is now in the hands of a company called Perfect Panty, yet everything, all the marketing everywhere, Chinese website for the their MMOs, the uh, North American and European divisions still all say perfect world, this, that, or the other in some form or another. But isn't it all supposed to be owned by a private company? Uh, I believe that it's owned... Perfect World is owned by a parent company, which is what's been done with the merger. Right, but the private, the parent company itself is Perfect Peony. So I think they're calling it, because um, it was a merger, and it's called um, Perfect World Co. Um, but the parent company is Perfect Peony holding company and perfect world merger company limited see this is why i asked you earlier if you if you knew anybody who understood like corporate takeover legalese because i literally have an article right here that kind of explains what's going on but i can't read any of it because i don't read legalese but from what i can tell star trek online is a game of Cryptic Studios, which is owned by Perfect World Entertainment, which is owned by Perfect Pony Holding Company Limited. So where does the money go then when Perfect when when Cryptic sells me something? When Cryptic sells me something, where does that money then go? Does it um, go to the one guy who owns the holding company who owns all the little tentacles? If it follows all the way up the tree, but a lot of that will get reinvested into the business. At least theoretically. Yeah, I, I know some. I, I know some businesses around here that are like extremely pissed that they don't own their business anymore because somebody bought them out because they weren't reinvesting their money in the business, and well, the business started to suck and people stopped going. Uh, yeah, how these sort of things work with parent companies and everything else, I'm not exactly sure how that stuff all works. But, this, you know, this is. Again, it's a simple it's a simple question, but I'm not entirely sure it has a simple answer. Because, you know, it's if 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 I were to compare it if I were to compare it to what I know in in political circles, and I don't and I'm not I'm not not getting political. I'm just I'm using this as an example. There's this thing in political circles that people like to call the coctopus here in the United States. And essentially there, there's these two men called the Koch brothers, and they own a whole bunch of different companies. 
that have sub-companies that have sub-companies that have sub-companies. And when stuff like that goes on, you can create a brand new company just like that, funnel whatever want, whatever you want and what have you into it and do just about whatever the hell you want. And yeah, make stuff kind of shady if you can't tell who owns what. And this is, you know, this is where that this is where the other saying comes in, follow the money. So I have to ask, where does the money go? Well, I think the money stays with Cryptic Studios unless the parent company takes money out sort of thing. I'd ex- that's how I think it works. You know, and it it also uh, and and okay, that that aside, there's another there's another issue I have. If Cryptic is wholly owned by one dude at the very top, um, is he the person I get to blame for all this marketing shit? Because this shit is a fucking disaster. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like all the crap that's gone on recently between. The, the Wiz Kids promotion and and what's going on right now with this whole spend a thousand or yeah spend ten thousands in in the game and get these four extra lock boxes it's like who in the right mind comes up with this shit and who around that is allowing that shit to go on and not saying anything well when it comes to the promotion stuff. Now we've got a new community manager that's starting to settle into his job. Hopefully things will be checked more because I know that sort of trendy did deal with everything, but since she got promoted and been doing a lot of other stuff, this is where we found that um, especially you, son, have been complaining about a lot of the way Things are worded. Oh, yeah, and no, when, when I saw the news today for this new promotion thing, the f- I was, I was, I was, I, I held myself enough to not edit my post and say first, but I was the first person to post on Ambassador Kale's um, forum post for the, for, for this new promotion with the spend a hundred dollars in Zen. And I said, I, don't know who the hell decided to push this marketing promotion and I am so sorry that you're having to do it and I apologize for the shit that you might receive because of it because oh my god I mean just the discussion we had versus the discussion going on in the forum over there is Wow, I mean it's 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 mirroring to some degree and I'm really glad that the forum has actually had enough common sense to not blame Kale for anything of this right out of the gate because there's been quite a few times that Smirk or Brandon and even sometimes Trendy were blamed for crap that was wholly not their fault. They're just Pushing a blog out. Yeah, the difficulty with Stowe is, of course, all the publicity is done through Perfect World Entertainment, where you've actually got all the information coming from Cryptic. So um, it also leads to, because 
the way, especially in the past, things have been structured, different offices and things like that, it's a lot easier for things to sort of get lost in translation. And then, of course, if managers get involved, that sort of just do publicity and don't play the game or anything else like that, then, yeah, it's just like, oh, no, take that bit out, add this, who knows what... <laughs> Um, other things sort of go on with these things just you know I just know what it's like in some workplaces when it's just like you're trying to get something done and sometimes the final version that gets released is nothing like what was supposed to have been released and it's just like uh. oh, it's like No Man's Sky <laughs> so um so yeah it's just uh, yeah it's no, it, one of those case, things no Midnight, you may have hit it on the nail and not even realized it. Um, in this case, because of the multitude of languages that are potentially involved um, and the fact that not everything translates directly, um, it may literally be that something was either lost or added in translation, which completely put the fucks to whatever it was. And because of that, we're ending up with some of these, um, uh, well, shall we call them uh, Leonard McCoy face uh, reactions of, you know, what the hell? Now, see, here's here's the uh, here's the other thing. I don't I don't know how I, I don't know how the Securities and Exchange Commission works here in the United States. And I don't know if like stuff that is sent to them is made publicly available. Obviously, some of it is when I go to sec.gov. But uh, in the article that I have here, it says the company will furnish the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission a report form on the merger agreement and related documents. So even if something had halted the thing full stop, the SEC should have paperwork on it, but when I visit the SEC website, about the only thing that I can find with Perfect World or Perfect Peony is a list of currently uh, of of current in in the U.S. functioning companies from 2013. So the thing is, is whether or not you would actually see something due to the fact that it's a parent company of a parent company. I'm not sure how much visibility you would actually see from that and how much difference that makes. See, this is why investigative journalism is supposed to exist because there there you know there are people that understand how this stuff works and so they go digging for an answer to something. I have no clue how this works, but you know, at the same time it's like I want to know what the hell's going on here because I don't know where the money goes. I don't know wh who owns the thing anymore. Uh, and, you know, I was told it's it's now in the hands of this thing called Perfect Panty, yet every time I look at anything Star Trek Online related, it says Perfect World all over it. It's like, that that seems that seems misleading to me. I mean, you know, when, when you know, when a potato chip company 
goes and buys a brand of potato chips, okay, yeah, they usually retain the brand, so it's, you know, so it would be Star, Star Trek Online flavored potato chips, but the company who owns it would change the owned by somewhere on the packaging. And I don't, I have, I don't see that. It's been almost a year, and I don't, I have not seen a single thing of Perfect World scrubbed from all the logos and shit to say, this is who owns the stuff now. It still says Perfect World everywhere. But yeah, as I said, the parent company for Cryptic Studios is Perfect World Entertainment, but then their parent... So, as I said, I'm not sure how much visibility you're going to see due to the fact it's a parent of a parent, or maybe even a parent. This, this is, this at, is at the end of the day, they the ownership of Cryptic Studios is still Perfect World Entertainment, whether or not the parent company of Perfect World Entertainment has changed or not. I don't know. Like I said, I have a simple question, but it doesn't seem like it's a simple answer. But yeah, no, that, that, that kind of grinds my gears that I have this simple question, and it doesn't look like it has a simple answer. Um, unfortunately, most things in business <laughs> don't have an easy answer. Which brings me to the second thing for grinds my gears today that I didn't put in here, but I really, I really, really need to get this off my, my, my breasts at this point. Okay. I understand there's a lot of animosity right now between the people who are pro XNR and the people who are pro CBS and Paramount. Okay, I get it. I get it. You guys have been like at this little inner war for a year and better now. Okay, I get it. I get it. Stop with the fucking name calling. Seriously. Honestly, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't care if you've got cute little nicknames. I don't care if you got, like, your outrageous little douche canoes and douche nozzles and cup grade and hater and fuck toy or whatever the hell you want to call each other. Stop it. You know, I had a friend last Sunday ready to leave just kind of leave the fandom entirely over the lawsuit thing going on because it's just constantly negative. Constantly negative about Star Trek this, constantly negative about Star Trek that in his news. And I don't disagree, but my problem is you guys are fighting in a fandom that constantly tells you to treat each other like human fucking beings and you can't do it. Why? Okay, you're having a disagreement. Settle the disagreement. Okay, if you can't, like, meet a common ground, then stop discussing stuff because you're not going to come to a middle ground. Don't dehumanize the other person or the other people because you disagree with them. That's stupid. I mean, granted, I, I fully admit I'm a hypocrite here because I called... Alex all kinds of names at the beginning of this. But at this point, I am tired of seeing all the fucking name-calling. It's ridiculous. It's over the line to constantly, constantly go on it. Time and time again. And especially now that people are bringing up sexual orientation and, and personal shit into it. Stop it. Because if you continue this shit 
You're no fan of Star Trek. You're just a fan of conflict. Our whole fandom is based on treating each other like human beings. Understanding that each and every one of us has our own feelings and our own emotions and our own thought process and embracing the fact that we shouldn't agree on everything and we won't agree on everything. But if we come to an impasse, you don't get uh, you don't instantly get the right to start calling people names. That's I mean it happened in the next generation. It happened in the next generation when you had Wesley and uh, uh and Data and Jordy all calling Reg broccoli. Okay, yeah, that never should have happened because hearing that devaluizes and dehumanizes Barkley. Even so much so that the captain said it. Do you have any idea how much that must have hurt Barkley to hear that come out of the captain's mouth, even as a slip of the tongue? And yet you, you, you guys sit here and want to call each other names back and forth because you think these are axi-idiots or axitards or whatever and these other people over here want to call you CBS fuck toys and, and what the hell ever I don't give a damn stop calling each other names your whole fandom is built around being better than this quit it quit it but yeah no that grinds my gears no <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, you want to tell us how you really feel about it, son? Yes, that's supposed to make you smile, because I, I will have to agree with a lot of what you said. Um, the whole name-calling part has gone way overboard. Um, I'll admit I'm guilty of doing it myself, Dushinu being my favorite, um, as most of our listeners are aware. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of infinite diversity and infinite combinations is one that we as a fandom should embrace. And no, we're not going to agree on everything, but it's one of those of uh, the basic ideals that were set forth in this about being better than than just base animals for lack of a better way of saying it that, that yeah I can think of off the top of my head yeah it is something that we as a group should try to strive for granted it's not easy it's hard it's it's exceptionally easy to fall into the whole name calling and, and all that but at the same time, it's one of those of, and this is not an excuse for anybody, it's it's just, it's, because of how much it happens in general society, it's supremely easy to fall into that habit and get stuck into that rut, and it, we each have to make our own concentrated effort to break that cycle. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's getting worse. It is getting systematically worse, especially with uh, one of the groups that I'm in that, you know, says they're uh, nicer, quote unquote, which honestly, I can't tell because, you know, I can't readily go and join any of the XNR groups because they're all closed. And the moment you say anything, you get kicked out. But 
I don't I don't want to say you're being that nice when you start posting articles about people's sexual orientation and shit and what what BDSM websites they may be a part of and then you post a picture of somebody else's Facebook who used to product belong to the production cast who's saying oh, I'm stuck in traffic again this happens every day my gas tank is looking a little empty and you mock the shit out of it that. You're not being better than anyone when you do that shit. Quit it. So, now it's time to hear from the community with feedback. So, we asked a few questions last week. So, um, we have actually had some feedback. So, the first question we asked was, what is on your Star Trek Online Christmas event prize slash reward wish list? So... so- Alex Wunger from the Stowe Forums, hi Alex, replied and said, well, I'm working on that brain ship grind. Yeah, calling that a grind is adorable. I guess in a couple of days I'll start to do uh, something slightly more serious, um, like farming to get those sweaters, and I might give those uh, new Epos a try, but I would be much more motivated if there was some sort of, I don't know, pet storage? I, I I wholly agree, Alex. Uh, Rob Priv- Privarnik? Yeah, I want to say Privarnik too. Rob Privarnik from the Everything Star Trek group on Facebook replied, I'm uh, foot racing towards the new brain ship. I also bought another of the winter coats. I also sprung for the best fishing glove in the reputation store. Yeah, the one with all the spikes on it. Gotta love it. Fred Ortiz responded of the fans of the Kelvin Timeline and Stowe group. Which that, is on Facebook. Which is, yeah, from Facebook. That, that, STO eventually, uh, that STO eventually allows lifetime players the option of getting the lockbox ships without the hassle of going through endless lockboxes. Ah, I could see that maybe some way, someday happening, you know, years after Star Trek Online is no longer owned by Perfect World and somebody starts up a rogue server, kind of like what they did with Star Wars Galaxies. (coughs) IQ Fleet. (coughs) Sorry, what? So our second community question was, what are your thoughts on Stowe's new Phoenix prize pack? Alex again responded from the Stowe forums. Well, I talked about it last week. I really wanted some of those ultra-rare, not even epic ships. But if there's bad luck to be had, I seem to raise all my hands at the same time. <laughs> I think we found our Commander Eric's. Of course, I could have misread that too. Nah, I'm just sitting here shaking my head going, yeah... I I think I've got a better case of Murphy's Law coming back to visit me than he has so far. Rob Pervarnik also commented from Facebook's Everything Star Trek group, I already have most of the offered goodies. Not any of the ships, of course. I'm not holding my breath for an epic voucher. I expect to trade everything in for gear upgrade tokens at the end of the promotion. And Fred Ortiz also commented from Facebook on the Friends of the Kelvin Timeline at Stowe group, I haven't dealt with it, as I've been giving my dilithium to the fleet, and I'm helping with the K-13 projects. Good for you, Fred. Help 
Putting the fleet is the better way to go with all the dilithium stuff. Yeah, screw being selfish. Uh, well, that's why I had to spend some zen to get stuff because all my dilithium have been sunk into multiple fleets. So it's just like, eh, I want to get some more of these Phoenix boxes. So yeah, had to go and get some zen first. So our next community question was, are you playing Star Trek Timelines on Facebook? Uh, Rob Pravarnik commented and said, No, I haven't had time to check it out yet. Fred Ortiz responded, I've been dabbling around with it, and I, I have to say this. John DeLance was able to get paid to record a few lines of dialogue for a freaking mobile Facebook game, and yet hasn't done anything with Stowe yet? Come on, man! I don't disagree. But at the same time, you also have to remember, he kind of co-authored the whole thing in the first place. Y yes, John Delancey was there kind of from the beginning of Timelines, helping Timelines get finished in the first place. So I'm not could... sure he was a co-author. Well, I think I, when say... he did some lines, he offered some suggestions, but I think that's as much as that went. Well, when 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 I was looking at all the promotional videos, it was it seemed like he was fully involved with the production. From uh, and not 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 a I helped create it. I created the idea of it standpoint, but a I'm from Star Trek and I'm wholly involved and invested in this thing because it is awesome and I'm going to kick its ass out the door. Kind of the way. Denise Crosby seems to be doing for Star Trek Online. Mm, I, I just saw that as um, publicity. He just helped and probably got paid for it. But who knows? Yeah, that, yeah who knows? Again, <laughs> simple questions, not simple answers. Thanks, business practices. You suck. But the thing is, all the other voices they have in-game are recorded. Right. They, well, they're, 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 they have they're... come from CBS, whereas Star Trek Online has had an awful lot of other voice talent. So it could just be his rates, timelines spend that out of their budget for publicity because Q is the overall thing for their game. That's what drives and connects everything. So for them, spending a huge amount of money on an actor like that would have been worth it for them. But maybe it could even be a money thing with Cryptic. Um, it's just they haven't had the time. And, of course, Q is used with so many things in the game for special events. It's not story content. So, mm, it, yeah. These, they go down voicing some of the stuff for events. Then what happens with new events? They're going to have to get him in for every new piece or... Not to mention that the Q we currently have in game is actually supposed to be his son, if I recall correctly, as well. Not yeah, that, that the yeah, the, for the birthday event, it's yeah, it's supposedly his son, but his son was never in the 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 judge outfit. He may have dressed in it because his dad did, because they did wear that um, when it came to Voyager as well. So it may be an outfit that. The Q do wear at times. Who knows? But it shouldn't be. That that outfit doesn't even belong to the Q. It belongs to Earth. That is an Earth. That is a Terran outfit. That is wholly a Terran 
pre-Third World War judge's outfit, you know, where they kill all the lawyers? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean that they didn't like it and decide to use it. Because <laughs> otherwise, why else use it when it came to Voyager? Because humans? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I wrong in seeing the correlation of, oh, I'm going to use it again because humans, and I want to be a judge? And they're on Earth space dock, and places like that, so... Right, but, okay, Kronos? Uh, that's a stretch. Yeah, but you're still going to a place where the Federation go. Hell! Uh, Hell and... is a place where the Federation go! <laughs> If I'm going there, boy, am I going to cause some trouble. <laughs> but also, when he has dealt with Klingons, as it's been on the Enterprise and on Voyager, or half Klingon when it comes to Balana. Yes, but you're an and, and and a Klingon raised by humans. So when he sees Klingons, who's to say he doesn't think? Still dressing the same thing. <laughs> Says no, a no, click no. of the when fingers. See- no, when he sees Klingons, his first thought is, I should dress like a Romulan to antagonize them. <laughs> That's exactly what Q thinks. I mean, hell, that was the whole point. That was the whole point of the, you're being grounded. Stay here with Auntie Kathy. Don't antagonize the Borg. Maybe you should have told that to Janeway. <laughs> Janeway was kind of a badass about it, though. She antagonized the board with, look, look, you see this? You see this? You're going to help us get home or you're not going to get this. This thing will help you fight those things because those things are killing your ass. And we, we didn't, we didn't hive mind our way to this solution. We uniquely individualized the thought of the, the solution before you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Question four that we'd asked is, are you getting a Star Trek Christmas jumper? Alex replied from the forum, nope. Christmas jumpers and sweaters seem to be more of an Anglo-centric tradition. I mean, when it started to get cold outside, my grandmother would start knitting sweaters and gloves and scarves, but but none of them, or those knitted by my other mothers and grandmothers I knew of, were Christmas-based. Sometimes they had winter-ish themes on them, like stylized snowflakes or fir trees, but that was about it. So, for me, it's not a thing or a tradition. Shrug. Yeah, there is now in the UK a um, a day each December called um, Christmas Jumper Day, as I mentioned uh, last week. And, um, yeah, you raise money for Save the Children. So, um, yeah, people get Christmas jumpers to dress in for work and donate money for it. So um, that's uh, becoming something that happens each year now. Well, that's nice. Raising money yeah. for charity is always good. Yeah, so I got a new Star Trek jumper, as I mentioned last week. So mm-hmm. looking forward to it because that's now next week, Christmas jumper day. So um, hope it comes yeah. in the mail before then. Oh no, I, I ordered it a few weeks ago, so got it nice and early. So I wanted ah. to make sure I had it. So, as I said, it's even got an away team with someone saying, Oh look, he's in a red shirt with a little phaser in their hand. <laughs> Pointed at Santa Claus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh god. 
Well, uh, if it was the Klingon version of Santa Claus, I'd be okay with it. Sort of. Sort of. Anyway, uh, Rob Pravarnik uh, commented from Facebook, Are you getting a Star Trek Christmas jumper? I already have the Live Long and Prosper as seen in my current profile pic, and will likely complete the set. Well, good for you. And strangely, um, I think Rob's actually talking about in Star Trek Online rather than in real life in this case. <laughs> well, it's, hey, there you go. It, it, it counts. It is. It is. A it's a Christmas jumper. jumper. Uh, I read that thing. He's got that mistake. And then I thought, actually, I asked the question about Christmas jumpers. I didn't say whether it was in game or not. <laughs> So, uh, that, that, that first smile to my face, because um, it's just like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Sudden realization! <laughs> well, is what they the thought that counts. <laughs> yes. Fred Ortiz responded and from Facebook and said, if you mean the in-game sweaters, I got them all first day, because I'm one of those players that stockpiles on ornaments. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I've got so many ornaments that, but I didn't buy all of them because there's some of the jumpers that I just didn't like, and I thought, yeah, I'm not gonna wear them, so I didn't well, get them. Yeah, but some of the, well, some of them are faction locked too. So, um, so you'd have to you'd have to hop factions to have have them all, and then even then, having them all, you wouldn't have them all on one character. Are they faction locked? I thought they were yeah, all Yeah, there's a Romulan, a Klingon, and a Federation one. Yeah, but I thought you could get... Oh, I don't know. I, d I didn't really look. I only looked just once. Like the, just like there are faction locked scarves, too. You can get a Federation, a Romulan, and a Klingon one. Mm, possibly. As I said, I didn't really look, look. I got the ones that I like the look of, um, which was two or three of them. So one was the actual Federation one. One was actually I can't remember what the other ones were. So, but uh, yeah, I haven't put it on because I've actually got um, a set made up which I call my Winter Elf. So um, I've changed my outfit to that <laughs> saved costume. Okay. So our last community question was: Are you a, a Stowe console player, and would you like to join the show? Uh, Alex posted on the forum, because of course you did, Alex, said, I think I mentioned it before, PC Master Race, do 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 shrug. I, I mean, every now and then there is a game or two that makes me consider getting a console, but so far nothing was tempting enough to actually commit to the idea. I wholly understand that. <coughs> Death Stranding, <coughs> Breath of the Wild. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start midnight on a coughing fit here, aren't I? Um, Saul Worthington replied and gave us his PlayStation Four handle and said, "Hit me up if you need someone to talk to as well." Now, what I wasn't sure was whether that's just someone to ask questions to, or whether or not um, he's wanting to be on the show. So, um, so I will be reaching out to you hopefully this weekend and to talk to you some more. Woohoo! Fred Ortiz also responded from Facebook and said, 
No, but I was asked if I was... I have to read this entire sentence before I understand it, so give me a minute. Okay, so I did not drop connection. I was <laughs> there for a moment. Yeah, no, you, you've not dropped connection, but your connection is really spotty. There we go. That might help. I've added a comment. Thank you! I have I have trouble with, with the the not punctuation stuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Run on sentences turned into train wrecks for me. <laughs> so Fred Ortiz responded no, but was asked uh was asked if I was amazingly enough. Uh but was asked if I was amazingly enough. But with how busy I am with my pokey little YouTube channel, no way could I really delve into covering the console version. Even even I was playing Stow on a P even if I was playing Stow on a PS4 or an Xbox. Don't you just love honest answers? Yes, we do. As we read them all out. Aaron the dirty laundry. Aaron the dirty laundry. So we had we actually had we had some general feedback that wasn't from Alex this week. What? I know, right? <laughs> and no, it wasn't from Chozo Elder either. So, um, Mike Tripp, who who is on several of our um, our news um, things, because he is a a kind of tour the United States for various things because Trek and Star Wars kind of person um, shared our uh, our most recent episode and said one of the podcasts I like to listen to. I always wonder what's going to get Sun going and the fact that they are pro KDF or they are a pro KDF faction in Star Trek Online. Well, well, some of us. <laughs> you shut your federation mouth. But thank you very Fetty much. Bear. Thank you very much, Trip. That was that's very that's very nice. I was I was surprised and kind of tickled to 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 see it posted and be mentioned in a not negative way. Normally, when I see my name associated with links to the show, it's how terrible and awful I sound and how I should be kicked off. And how you sound like a girl. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, of course, we had our general feedback from Alex. Hi, Alex. Who responded, update system requirements, quote unquote. Well... Getting a blog on Sunday because the launcher would start telling you about this stuff on Monday is nice, but, you know, I'm not going to touch that. So the new system requirements about phasing out support for Windows XP and DirectX 9. Okay, I get it. And the launcher did not alert me to anything, so I guess I'm fine. But if this game stops working, well, that's one more reason to finally upgrade my PC. Except that the bigger reason would be Overwatch. I may be bad at shooting games, but, well, it's a Blizzard game, and I love the attention to detail <laughs> that they put into those characters. And have you watched those animated shorts? Yes, I have. They're extremely emotional. Don't get me started. Tales from K-13 Part 3. Okay, so during the part two, the commander and the other Klingons on the shuttle spun the story to make the captain look like a hero. 
and now they just blurt out that their story might not have been entirely true. I really wish there was a lead writer or a story lead that kind of looked over these things in a blog to smooth out some of these hiccups. Every blog for itself is well-written, but they all have their own issues, and when you look at them in conjunction, some parts make less sense than before. But those are not exactly new complaints, so I didn't expect anything to change. So, uh... Did Ezri tell the Klingons how Kaelas forgot about his own st See, I said this earlier. I have... <sighs> so, uh, did Ezri tell the Klingons about how Kaelas forgot all of his own stories and needlessly threw away his life? And how he died because he could not shut up about honor and using the word distraction. After using a distraction we provided? Yeah, bringing up the Iconian travesty is really not helping your story. Oh, by the way, Crypta keeps adding people to the memorial plaques, but the Klingon symbol on the monolith behind the memorial plaque on Kronos... It's still mirrored? Yes, attention. it's still ass backwards. Yep, attention to detail lacking. Attention to detail? <laughs> so we had another piece of feedback from, uh, I'm, I want to say, Oliver Hapla? Or oh, Hapala. Hapala could be it too. From the Facebook group, Star Trek Online PS4. And said, as a Swede, I don't know if I'm proud or embarrassed because of what they have named themselves after. I think this is with regards to <laughs> the, the show fish. name. <laughs> and then it put, at the end he, um, Oliver says lol with a winky face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, blame I think it was you son, wasn't it, for that one? It's it's been a it's been a running gag like in in my like community for years because we we this community is a a a a, a German immigrant community and when they were first introduced to Swedish fish all the children uh, especially the ones who were still young kept saying fish Swedish fish and it just kind of grew and grew and grew into this thing all its own so <laughs> so um but yeah I was going to title the show um, winter is here based on sort of this winter event arriving and sort of the game of thrones reference as well but um yeah, or too that... many Swedish fish in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, so I changed it. <laughs> Should name this one Swedish fish part two. No. <laughs> Fishy boogaloo. But yeah, that's all the feedback from this week. So thank you to all those who got in contact. You know, you could always call this one It's a Whopper. But then that makes me think of the malted milk balls. Oh, I was thinking more about the giant fish that eats you alive as you, uh, when you catch it. That's the monstrous fish. Okay. On to any other business. Okay, so this is now supposedly the part of the show where if you don't like 
you know, us talking about other stuff, you, you can leave the show now. We covered feedback. So those of you who are leaving, bye-bye. It was nice having you here. For the, the people who are going to stick around for any other business, have we got some stuff to share with you. So this is Star Trek slash not Star Trek related stuff. PC Gamer came out with a list. Because, you know, when does, when does anybody on the internet not come out with a list? 15 games you can't buy digitally. And um, it, it covers a, a broad range of, of games that haven't had a remaster or don't have a digital download somewhere on the internet. And for the most part, you know, one of, one of the entries is basically every Star Trek game. Uh, it mentions Star Trek on, you know, it says, bef, you know, before we had Star Trek online, so it mentions Star Trek online, it goes into detail about favorite games being Star Trek Borg, Star Trek uh, Starship Creator, and even Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. And these are, well, let's be honest, these are, these are games that were created by companies that folded and or are no longer in existence or were gobbled up by other companies and... The rights to republish these games or make these games available through a digital outlet would be covered in mountains of red tape to get done. So, you know, it's understandable that it isn't done, but at the same time, it's a shame because a lot of a lot of Star Trek games were really good and they they deserve a you know a second life in the digital download space. So I thought that was cool. We'll have a link to this list in our show notes, and you can check out the other entries. And our last bit of any other business is China is going pro gaming consumer. So um yeah, a new a new law is set to go into effect May first in tw- uh, May first twenty seventeen in China. And it may have some international impact as pro cons- as a pro consumer move for gamers everywhere. The quoted translated version of the law states: Online game publishers shall promptly publicly announce information about the name, property, content, quality, and draw and forge probability of all virtual items and services that can be drawn and forged on the official website or a dedicated draw probability web page of the game. The information of draw probability shall be true and effective. This could potentially uh, impact StarTech Online as if Cryptic is owned by Perfect World, as a Chinese company, then they may apply this law across the board to all its subordinate companies to be in good standing with the Chinese no, Chinese law, even if some games are only marketed overseas. Well, what does this mean? Upon the announcement of any new lockbox, pack promotion, or event, we'll also get to know what's available in it, and the specific drop rates of said items to the most effective and honest ratio of measurement. Essentially, we get to find out the drop ratio of lockboxes and R&D packs and all of the other goodies that come in a box nowadays. And this is, again, this is not just, this is not just Star Trek Online, and this is not just Perfect World games. This is every game that operates in China. So this can include Overwatch or... Um, 
Team Fortress 2 or uh, oh, what is that? Global Offensive? Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, Global Offensive. Anything that has a lockbox that you pay money for to open would be affected by this law. So just imagine it. You, you don't get an announcement blog one day, then a prize pool blog another day, and then a stat blog the other day. It all comes in one big blog or several blogs on the same day. I'm honestly kind of looking forward to this and seeing the impact it has in the overseas market and actually finding out if it gets applied or if us as consumers actually apply pressure to Cryptic to follow through with this same measure of uh, transparency. <gasps> and also another thing, this is really weird that China is... China is China is the country doing this. Not the UK, not Australia. God knows the United States would never do it because people would pay them not to, but China is doing this. And you know, I, you know, a lot of people are going to mock and 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 whatnot, but it's true. You know, a lot of people don't really realize that aside from the Nike knockoffs and the Prada handbag knockoffs. China is into scamming a whole lot of crap, including food. China at this point has 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 organizations that make both fake rice and fake eggs, and both of those things that are fake in China can kill you, and they sell it in China to Chinese people. So, yeah, to see something very pro-consumer come out of China, especially in the digital realm, is kind of amazing. Kind of scary too. Yes, and and so is the so is the gobbling of your microphone. Because I barely heard you say that is scary too. But yeah, no, that's uh, at this point, Lucchesi, I. Uh, I have not seen any further information on what penalty co what what penalty companies could incur from not following this law but um if if past if past aggressions are to are 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 any indication an entire company could be essentially bankrupted in China by not following any of their protocol any portion of this protocol because it's happened before uh that you know there's there's the there's this conflict that exists right now between mainland china and hong kong because hong kong is a little bit more liberal in in its business practices and how it how it conducts itself as quote unquote china to the rest of the world than we see out of mainland china and even then, there is this back and forth that goes on between what is law in China and what is law in Hong Kong, and the two meeting in conflict, and whole businesses being swept under by China because of not following Chinese procedure. So, you're kind of right, Alex. In China, you don't choose to not comply. You will be complied, if necessary. And I... <laughs> It seems absolutist, but that's 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 what goes on in China. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. The thing is, Cryptic Studios 
owns Star Trek Online, so I'm not sure whether that would pass, even though a Chinese company is the parent company. Well, see, that's... uh, Because also, the perfect world is then has the parent company of Pony, who's the Canaan Islands. So. Again, again, this is this is what brought the whole "who owns cryptic" thing to 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 the surface. Finding this out is what brought me, what started me on this path of questioning in the first place. Because you know, I went looking at the Perfect World's uh, uh, Chinese website, and thank you, translators, for existing, so I could read some of it and. Um, yeah, Cryptic owns Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online doesn't seem to exist in the Chinese list of games that are playable, but Neverwinter does, which I, I thought was kind of odd, but at the same time that made me think, well, if Neverwinter is going to have to have this applied to it because it's played in China, is Cryptic going to be forced to comply with it in Star Trek Online as well? Uh, time will tell, I suppose. And, you know, like I said, at this point, whoever owns Perfect World would probably just say it's best to go across the board and do it all for everybody so that nobody gets nitpicky about stuff. Did you say that Dungeons and Dragons, um, Dungeons and Dragons, um, Neverwinter does say? It was on their Chinese website, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, one of the, it was... It was worded backwards, but you could tell it, you know, it was, it was meant never winter, you know? So it was, it was worded winter never. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's kind of half of cryptics, like MMO meat. So, yeah. Okay. So. Community questions for this week's show. Question one in Star Trek Online. Did you actually make use of the $100 Zen promotion? If so, let us know. Did you win anything? Then our second questions for Star Trek Timelines. What are your thoughts on the up-and-coming release of 1.6 and the changes? And question three. What are your thoughts on the Esri character? from Deep Space Nine and or the novels. So, if you feel differently about Esri Dax than you do in DS9 to the novels, or you've only seen Esri in the novels and not Deep Space Nine because you haven't watched it, I'd like to know your thoughts. So, you can get a hold of us all over the internet on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Star Trek Riser, Player.me. We can be found at Tribbles in XTC. You can get us by email at hosts at tribblesandxtc.com. If you'd like to leave us a message, you can use the widget on any of the Tribbles and Ecstasy um, pages that you get to. And you can also just visit the SpeakPipe themselves at speakpipe.com forward slash tribbles in XTC and you can get us in syndication on trekradio.net and subspace hyphen radio.net every Wednesday 
and you can also get us on iTunes and Google Play. If you'd like to join any of our fleets in Star Trek Online Federation, we are Tribbles and Ecstasy Sci Fleet, and for the KDF, it's Targs and Ecstasy. And for Star Trek Timelines, it's Tribbles and Ecstasy. And just one last thing, Derekos, um, trying to get hold of you regarding um, your competition winner, um, trying to give you your code, so please get in contact with me through the art client so I can do so. So I've given Chozo Elder second um, their prize and I've sorted out Alex's keys as well. So yes, it's now just a Darakos that I need to do. So yeah, please uh, get in game. So, or send midnight a PM on the forums. Yeah, well, it should go through the same messaging service. So, um, yeah. But you'll need to use ARC in order to claim the code. So, um, so yeah, the messages go through the same thing. So, um, yeah, whether you use the forums or ARC, um, it will do the same one. So, okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. That's everything for this week. Um, next week will be our last show of the year. So, um, yeah, hopefully we should have some people joining us. And Christmas party at Quartz! We should just have the Christmas party where we just talk about everything that's happened this year. So um, It's going to be an eight-hour show, guys. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Christmas show hasn't gone on for more than five hours so far. Although the longest yeah, we've, episode we've, we've had we've has gone up to six. We broke that record before with all the Beyond and stuff coming out. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll see. It will more than likely be at least another four-hour show, which is eh, what this one's almost is. Well, once I've done some tidying up, probably about three and a half hours again. Anyway, hopefully you'd, you've enjoyed our ramblings, and we will catch you next week. Take care, everyone. Fly straight, shoot hard. You, you don't just leave it at shoot hard. That's an open-ended. That's that's an open-ended mental image. Don't don't do that. That's the point.
tonight's broadcast of Triples in Ecstasy, a production of Holosuite Media. Tune in to our live show every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to check Holosuite Media, iTunes, and Stitcher Satellite Radio for our remastered shows and more. You can follow us on Twitter at Tribbles in XTC, or if you have any questions or comments, please send an email to TribblesInExtasy at gmail.com. Join us next week for another episode of Tribbles in Ecstasy, the only place where Tribbles and Klingons are friends.